There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, the July. Is to kind of get that free T-shirt. I'm kind of <laughs> fucking sad, dude. I can't lie. Oh man, I cannot lie. I really wanted that free it's fucking like, T-shirt. It's like when you go to like to like a like a show of like a friend of yours, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll guest list you." And you're like, "Sick, perfect." And you go and like, you're like, "Yeah, I'm on the guest list," and they just like don't find your name. And you're oh, like, no, 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 no. Said I, they, they said I'd be on the guest list. Like, well, your name's not on here, bro. Like, I don't tell you, you have to pay. Like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, that that shit fucking sucks. I had one, I had one kind of like that, and I felt really bad because I had a friend who was playing a show like with a headliner, and the headliner I was buddies with his ex manager. So originally, I told my okay. friend because she was opening for him, like, "Oh, I'll buy a ticket from you. Like, go ahead and save a ticket. Like, I'll buy it." And then, like eight hours before I went, my buddy, I was hanging out with him, and he's like, "Oh, I'll just get you on the guest list." So I'm like. Well, fuck. I mean, the ticket, the ticket, I think, was 20 or 30 bucks. And again, I'm cheap and I like free shit. See, it's it goes back to just like the T-shirt. I wanted that free fucking ticket. And what do you know? Just like you're saying, I get to the I get up to the fucking uh, ticket and I give him my name and I'm just not fucking on there. So I had to buy a ticket. So in the end, I ended up stiffing my friend and still having to buy a fucking ticket because my ass was not on the guest list. <laughs> and, and I'm like, now I'm a double, I'm double the dick because I'm like, she probably would have appreciated I don't know that it was a pay-to-play, but, I mean, they were selling tickets, so I assume yeah. that had something to do with it. So I really, I really yeah. did kind of feel like a dick, but I'm like, it wasn't a super cheap show. It was like $30, and I'm like, I mean, if you're going to put me on the guest list, like – I'm broke anyway. Like, let me, yes, let me save the $30. He, yeah, he did make up enough. for it. He got he got me into the, the Lawrence Arms for free a couple months later, like to a sold out one. Oh, so that, that, that kind of made up for it, I guess. Yes, it did. I nice. should say, I, I guess. <laughs> I, when did you leave uh, uh, Minneapolis? Uh, November, uh, I was going to say of last year, but fuck, of 2019. I keep forgetting what year it is. So I've been gone now okay. like a year and a half about, which is fucking insane. Okay. Shit. Okay. Cause like, so I think it was, either, I think it was 2018. I had a birthday, like whatever. And I actually drove to Minneapolis for a show that was happening on my birthday. Oh, fuck yeah. And it was uh patent pending, Ooh. Uh, set it off, which I don't really care about and simple plan. Ooh, that's a fucking good and, show. And, and uh, and the bass player for Patent Pending was like, "Hey, it's your birthday. We'll put you on the guest list." I'm like, "Sweet, awesome!" And my roommate, uh, she has helped them with merch, like uh, like manning the merch table when they play locally. Mm-hmm. So their vocalist was like, "Oh, we'll put her on the guest list too." Whatever. So we get to the show, and I'm all like, kind of cool. It's my birthday. I feel good going to a, a free show. Technically, she's on the guest list, but I'm not. Oh fuck! <laughs> and I'm standing there at the door while she's like waiting for me, and there's like a line behind me. I'm like, and I'm trying to like text the bass player of the band, being like, "Hey, uh, uh, you didn't guest list me. I'm not. I, I can't get in." And like, there's no response for like 15, 20 minutes. 
And I'm just like, I don't know what the fuck, what the fuck to do. And I'm just like standing outside this venue, like an asshole, like on my phone, trying to get in contact with these dudes. And I'm my fucking roommate. Birthday. Yeah. My roommate's like, yeah, I'll, I'll see you in there. Just let me know <laughs> when you get in and we'll find each other. I'm like, God damn it. That's dirty. That's dirty on her part. <laughs> she knew your ass wasn't getting in. I eventually got in and it was at first Avenue and oh, apparently I don't know if this is, yeah. Oh my God. I would love to go back. Uh, apparently if it's your birthday, like they'll give you a little ticket to go to like a drink vendor for like a free, whatever. And apparently you can ask for any drink free that they offer to sell. Oh shit. I had, I had a 40 ounce of red stripe in the crowd <laughs> with, <laughs> with a straw. During simple plan, oh, like yes. <laughs> I, it was the weirdest fucking thing. I had this giant fucking red stripe in the crowd. Like this is a glass bottle. I can easily throw this if I wanted to. <laughs> Damn, I'm happy you did. Yeah, you know what's not yeah, funny, but is kind of fun, uh, going off of that. You just made me think of there. There's a video out there. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's probably from like 2008. Like it's pretty old, but fucking Brendan Urie from Panic at the Disco, they're playing like a festival and he just takes a glass bottle to the head. And I haven't watched it in a while, but I'm if I'm not mistaken, he just fucking like drops. Like it is it is it's funny and it's not funny at the same time, but like he gets fucking wet, like right in the head and also I think I think it adds to it too because it's from like 2008. So think about what cameras looked like. You know, like think about the yeah. quality of this video. So it's like a pixelated Brendan Yuri fucking singing like I write sins not tragedies, and a fucking bottle just clocks him right in the head. It is it yeah, is well it worth going and familiar. checking out. You should go. Yeah, it sounds familiar. I think but... it was big when it came out, but again, it's like that's like 13, 14 years ago. So like, I can I can. I'm not surprised it's not near and dear to your heart than uh, 13 years. Yeah. You, you haven't like, kept that in the fucking front of your head. So that makes sense. You know what? This shit is too good. I don't. I think we're just getting into the episode. I'm leaving. Oh, I, oh I, shit. I, I, not all of it, but I, I, feel like, I feel like this episode started when we started complaining about not being able to get in shows for free. <laughs> That's how we begin episode 60 of the fucking Power Chord Hour with my buddy, and uh, I think probably you've been on this show now more than anyone else, I would assume. Because me and you have done a couple oh, of solo ones. Me and Zach have done one or two by ourselves. But I think me and you have maybe, I think you have Zach beaten by one or two episodes is what I'm saying. And it is Kyle nice. Steven. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Fuck him. It's all, It's actually, I was thinking though, We we I never even told him we were doing this tonight. Because it's kind of like off the cuff, like, yo, you just want to do this. But uh, if if later something happens in this where we need a voice, <laughs> I shouldn't say a voice of reason and then say Zach. But uh, if we need some, <laughs> if we need things are pretty fucked up if he's the voice of reason. And I say that with all the love in the world as uh, yeah. Zach, Zach is my buddy. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe later we'll call him without even him knowing uh, what the fuck is going on. And I, I don't know that that doesn't matter. It is episode 60 with my boy fucking Kyle Steven. We're just kind of like, I mean, it's kind of bullshit. And like, you know, originally I, I was just going to kind of do a solo episode this week. And I just feel like 
if someone else is on, it's always better, and I enjoy it more. And, uh, I mean, look at the last time me and you did a solo one. I mean, we just shit all over crunk music for, like, three hours. So, I mean, I'm hoping we get (laughs) at least the same quality content, if not even better tonight. Yeah, that that episode was a journey, and the the fun thing about these is that since it's just you know it's you and I, we just kind of we kind of ramble off of each other, and we just kind of feed off each other. So wherever it goes, it's gonna go. <laughs> but it is funny because we we were texting this to each other, but like you're very good at steering the ship, and like I, I think you said something like, "Oh, I don't I don't mean to be rude or something." Like when I do it, and I'm like, "Dude." by no means be like, feel like that's rude because doing a show like this and getting so fucking sidetracked, like we do someone, you would think it was me, the host that would steer the ship. But if I'm not doing it, someone needs to, so we don't hit an iceberg. And it is, it is good that you do that. You're, you're good at that, which is something you need because I do. It doesn't matter. I should be the person who, who halts that shit and goes, no, we got to stay on track. But I'm not that way. I I'm very much let's just go down a rabbit hole and then never come back out because I don't even know how we got here. Dude, it's that it's that YouTube, Google, Wikipedia, you know, rabbit hole, man. You start on one thing, twenty minutes later, an hour later, you're on a completely different topic. You don't know how you got there. I it used, was fun. I used to love doing that in uh in class in my like excel accounting class i remember i do that a lot and you just randomly start looking at shit and then my my teacher came up the one day and i was just looking up blood alcohol content and what you would have to blow to uh be considered legally dead and she came up and that's not accounting and uh, she wasn't happy at that but i was just doing a fucking like like a wikipedia rabbit hole i probably started on something educational and then you somehow start going i wonder how much i have to drink and uh you know like blow into a breathalyzer test and then be considered legally dead yeah you know what's fun about that though is like not that not drinking that much alcohol but it's a lot uh, but no like uh i used to do that way back in the day with like uh like going on like pure volume and like myspace bands oh like, hell you yeah start with like a band and usually like back in the day at least on like myspace you'd see like their top eight you know, and it's usually their label or a couple other bands that they're touring with at the time. And you just start clicking on band profiles and eventually you land on like some like, you know, weird punk rock band from Germany that no one's ever heard of. That's got like a thousand friends or fans. And you're like, well, this is really cool. How did I get here? And it's the same thing. It's, it's, it's fun to check that kind of stuff out. Well, see, this is, see, this is why you're great at this. Cause already we got rabbit holes to go down because I, I have always said this. No one has people. People make fun of MySpace and shit. Obviously, at this point, it's the butt of the joke and everything. You know, it's very much dead. But it's like no other social media I think has handled music as well as MySpace did. I can't. The way it was formatted, the way that you could go there and you could hear you could hear a man's music, see their tour dates, get their biography, kind of get you know, kind of get a vibe off of them, like kind of figure out who they are all in this one page was fucking perfect. Like now I feel like everything's so spread out where like, like including like if I want to check out a band and I'm like, Oh, like I've never heard them, but people tell me it's like, if you go to their Instagram page, there's no guarantee there's music on there, which never makes sense to me. There's tons of bands. I don't even ever notice that you go to their Instagram page. I get it's all pictures, but like even in the videos, 
there's no fucking music. And I'm like, well, I want to hear your band. That's kind of the point. Like, you go these, same with like, well, really, all of them. None of them are really set up for music. I mean, there's video. You can put a video on, like, Facebook. You can play, like, play that. But, like, MySpace had a fucking player on it. Like, you go on there. You could check out music. Like, I remember not even so much what you're talking about. Like, like I definitely did the wormhole thing, and you're right. And that was a great way to discover music. But the other thing is if I would hear a band and I heard, like, one song from them, like, nowadays, if I'm, like, I want to hear more from that band, my first stop is YouTube. Whereas back then, fuck YouTube, my first place was MySpace. You go right to their page, and that's where you check out more songs. You go, you know, you can go on their player. You go listen to everything they have on there. And, uh, and hell, I mean, if it's good enough, it may become your, uh, your profile song, you know, if, if it's uh, good enough yeah. stuff. Yeah, it was, you know, it was so neat back then with, like, like it was like it was so accessible through their pages like i gr- granted most people are searching social media via their phone so a lot of times if you like land on a band page there's kind of like tabs you kind of have to go through to, oh like, it was fucked up on a phone their, you're they, yeah if yeah it did not look good on a phone i remember still like that like kind of i probably got an iphone i think in like 2010 so this was already, I mean, mo- I think a lot of people would jump ship by then, but it was still kind of there. And I remember every now and then uh, going on, try try going on there on my iPhone, and it was the biggest fucking mess. Like, I, I don't think half of it would load. Like, you know, I don't think you could even, You maybe you could play the music. I don't know that it was even able, I don't know if it had the player or whatever. Like, it was, like, really mm-hmm. fucked. Yeah, but, like, at least back then, because most people, like, you know, the internet was as far as like mobile goes, like it was still like relatively new even then to like freely navigate the internet on your phone. So most people were just on their computers and even comparing MySpace music, like pages to like Facebook, everything was right there in front of your face via MySpace. Like the only things that you ever really had to truly click on would have been like the bulletins. If they had like special announcements about something. Yeah. But, like, other than that, like, everything was right there, like, without having to really jump to another page or click a different link. Everything was pretty much ready for you, where as far as Facebook goes. Even nowadays, like, you have multiple tabs you have to click on to, like, see their events or their about me or whatever. It's fucked up. And then and then the custom customization of it, like, like, everyone, like, back in the day was using HTML code to, like, pimp out their myspace profiles and bands were the same way and if you were on like a label or you knew someone you were able to get like like really rad graphics and really rad like layouts for your page oh hell yeah. and it was like it, it would catch your eye so like even if you landed on a band that you never heard of sometimes even if they had just a really cool looking profile that would even help you you know at least decipher like oh this band has this type of look look at their link colors and the text font and this and that we're on facebook now it's just kind of bland and boring but like it it was different worlds back then it's myspace was neon back then (laughs) yeah oh god damn yeah you uh you're absolutely right about the neon i think i may have even well no that's probably not true i'm not going to throw myself under the bus like that i don't think i did have neon i've always i've always been a real one i'm i'm not fucking uh i'm not that's no joser shit joser shit here my uh my page my page was a uh, anti-neon <laughs> but uh 
I mainly rocked hot pink and like a teal turquoise just because those were like the blink colors. No, I had those. So, like, those I had tons yeah. of the untitled self-titled era shit. That's why at first, okay, now are you considering that neon? Because that is it. That I'm being completely honest no. here. When I originally was gonna say neon, that's what I was thinking of. Was when I had blink shit from the from that era, like the pink and the turquoise. And for a second, yeah, I kind of went, a, yeah, yeah. So like that was the only, <laughs> and that's why I hesitated at first because literally I was thinking of that I'm like that would be the only neon I had on there because mm-hmm. I yeah, I, was I was just, not into the fucking pop punk and shit that was coming out at that time. Yeah, it was literally like when I mean neon in this case, it was just like, like for me, like on my MySpace profile, it's just the links and anything you can click on. Like I, it was a bright color with like a black background. So it really popped. Don't you think the internet was like more fun back then with like, a, maybe we're just be, and I guess you haven't answered yet. So maybe you're not, maybe I'm just the old jaded fuck, but like having like instant messenger and MySpace and basically like, that's it. Like, I mean, I know like, Facebook did technically exist in like 2007 and shit, but like I don't know anyone who was really on it. Like when it was just like instant messenger and MySpace, I liked that so much more. And then you'd have message boards on websites, but like I feel like the internet was more fun before everyone's parents and shit were were on it. Because like my, you know what I mean? Like everyone's now on the internet, and there was a very beautiful time in like the mid 2000s, maybe up to 2010, somewhere around there before everyone's grandparents and shit like figured out like had facebook pages and shit it was just everyone kind of like under 35 or something or i mean if you if you if you're more tech savvy and shit and you're older you'd be on there but it was like i feel like it was like a younger crowd very music driven like you know again like i think a fucking great time for music like you were talking about great way to discover bands and shit you know kind of early days of YouTube as well. Like, I mean, I don't think that was utilized as well as a uh, platform as like MySpace was, but I don't know. Maybe I'm just being nostalgic, but I think the internet was more fun back then. No, I can totally agree. Like I, I, it, it, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head a little bit with it, you know, like the, the age group that was on the internet primarily. I'm being ageist within here. like, yeah, and yeah, that's okay. Yeah, it, I'm being completely honest. Yeah, I'm being just, fucking ages. Y'all old folks yeah. weren't on, were not fucking, weren't yeah. online yet. Like it wasn't. It, it, it was. A, it was a different time. It was a completely different time, and like technology at that point was going so fast that like I remember like okay like you know two, between like 2000 like say 2000 and like four to 2000 like eight. Like it was all MySpace, and like Hell every yeah. like every freaking kid had one. And what was MySpace primarily used for? Connecting with friends and listening to music. At least that's how I used it. That's exactly and how I so, did. So I wasn't on MySpace looking for my uncle, you know, John, you know, that I haven't seen in years. You know, that's that wasn't what we were really using the internet and MySpace for at the time. It was really, at least as far as people I knew, it was just kind of hanging out with your friends digitally and then listening to music. And once Facebook came along, because it was around back before then, but it was just available to college students. My old boss, who's, I don't want to say much older, but he's older than I am. Like he had it like way before it was available to the public. So they had like they had Facebook just for like college students and that's how college students would like talk to each other and like 
meet up for, you know, study groups and shit like that. And once Facebook became like available to just everyone, like that's when I started seeing like, oh, my friend's mom is on Facebook. Okay. Didn't really think of it much at the time, but as, as like everything kind of shifted over, like MySpace was still there for music because the bands really didn't jump over yet. But like personal profile pages were just like left abandoned forever. You <laughs> guys, time. you have so many things stirring up in my head right now that I want to talk about. Um, so like, like for one, you know, it's so funny. You just mentioned that how like your fucking uncle Jerry isn't on MySpace. You're not like looking for him. A couple of things about that. For one, I remember people who did have family on there. Like I remember having one friend who I think like his uncle would leave fucking comments on his page and stuff. That was the lamest shit. Like you'd make like I probably made fun of him for it. Like I probably I probably cyberbullied the guy for it. Like you can't like back then, like that was lame shit. Like now, I mean, who cares? Your uncle would fucking write happy birthday on your Facebook page and no one cares. But like back then, that'd be lame as hell if your family was on there. And actually, it always started mm-hmm. shit because then, like, it would be like your aunt would – not me. I didn't fucking have – besides, like, my cousins maybe. Like, I didn't have my fucking family on MySpace because people that I also knew who had that, who did have, like, older relatives who were on there were fucking doing shit like, oh, your kid's posting this or that. And it's like, who gives a shit? But also, the other thing I want to bring up, and you, you – you, like, it was perfect. You said something like – like on I can't remember exactly what you said, but basically like your friend's mom pops up like on Facebook or whatever. I would never in a million years like I have a bunch of my friends' mothers on Facebook as friends, and you're right. If if I think back to MySpace, not in a million fucking years would I have yeah, like one could... of my friends' mom as one of my friends on MySpace. You're so right like you are so right about that. That is such a good example of what I'm talking about, about how the internet changed. Like, just in that nutshell, in 2005, you would not add your friend's mom on social media. I get, unless you were trying to get with her, I guess. This is the only <laughs> thing I could think of. But, like, you're not yeah, going to add her for, like, any other reason. Yeah, like, because let's be real. Like, a mass majority of MySpace users back in the day were all just trying to get MySpace popular. Like you had friends, yeah, you had the bands that you listened to, whatever. But like everyone was trying to post the, the the cool bulletin or the cool profile picture. You know, like there was so many like weird like like MySpace celebrities. Like like you know, like Jeffrey Star, who's like one like, you know, very controversial person now, but like with like, you know, makeup and like people, whatever. But which Back is crazy then, to like, me because I they, still think of I still think of, you think of MySpace. Yeah, that's yeah, my first exactly. thought. That's exactly that's my first thought too. Where like now years later, fucking medic like, droid. They've built such an empire for themselves. Like that's like unless you're our age, you don't think of MySpace. You're going to think of makeup or their online status or you know whatever it is that they're going through. Like it was such a different time, and like it's funny because. I felt like like, at least anyone that's like in like their late twenties to like mid thirties right now, you know, we evolved with social media. So back then, like for me specifically, I was in like a very high school mindset. So it was all about being cool and like listening to the coolest stuff or like finding cool bands or finding cool clothing companies to support. And then like once like 
the years went on and Facebook took over, it was like, we're entering adulthood and everyone's the same. Every profile is the same. You can't be unique. You have to grow up and just live life like a regular person. There's no need to be cool anymore. It's all about just, you know, following the path. And that's how I took social media for a while. Like once Facebook became a thing, I'm like, uh, I got to grow up now because Facebook's boring. That's so a good I was, fucking like, analogy. Really on, I was really heavy on Twitter for a long time. Like I would like way surf Twitter way before Facebook. I think that's where we years. met. Yeah. Yeah. That's where we met. Fucking Twitter buddies. And, and what's, I'm going to kind of steer the ship a little bit here because I kind of steer I away, at brother. It, was with, you know, when it came to like, you know, being on pure volume, YouTube, MySpace, finding bands or like being told about bands that, you know, everyone was listening to, like, you know, that's how you were, you know, informed of what was cool and this and that. And, you know, some, some of us missed the train on some of these bands, whether we didn't like them at the time or, you know, it just wasn't our scene. It wasn't our genre, you know, so to speak. Yeah. And, and I, I brought this up to you, you know, a while back that, uh, uh, every other Saturday on my work days, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I've been listening to, I've been listening to different records from bands that I know, but never really gave the light of day to listen to like, you know, a, a particular album or a particular band for whatever reason. And, I'm getting here so you can you can take control of this for a second because I know there was something that you wanted to know. Oh, okay. Well, there are there are a couple things. Um for one, I mean, I love that you do this. For one, I want to talk about a little shit talking as I always like doing um and talk about maybe some of the albums that you thought were extremely overrated, right? Cuz you're listening to albums that were like pretty big, like ones that people would be surprised that you hadn't heard. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So like, like what have you now also we're, I, I know we were also talking about the, uh, the, the other thing with the uh, one specific album, but, uh, or actually should we lead off with that? And you know what I'm talking Either about way, from the text. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, kind of quick repeat, you know, I listen to a new album every other Saturday cause I'm alone at work for the most part. I can just kind of vibe out on whatever. And so I listen to albums and bands that I don't, you know, really touch on. And I was so embarrassed to text you today about this. Oh, no. Because they've been, you know, I think they've been hinted at a couple of times through like a couple episodes. And you actually talked about them on your last episode um, with uh, your second album. Oh, shit. Uh Uh-oh. And that's. And that's what jarred my memory that I never really gave this album a shot. Are you gonna say some Jozer shit? I might say some Jozer shit. You might. I might have to turn in my sheriff's badge of uh, punk rock, uh, punk rockness. Is there any way I can guess, or would you rather tell me? Because I think I have a feeling. I think I know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think I. I'll let you take one guess. Okay. Okay. And actually, yeah, that's good. I'd be an asshole. I'd just sit here and guess. I think of every band I brought up and just ask you all of them. Is it yeah. the Get Up Kids? It is not the Get Up Kids. Oh, fuck. Um, okay. 
Yeah, it you know, great band. I definitely listened to them. I would need to revisit them because it's been a while. But I yes, I did listen to the Get Up Kids a little bit. Um, but <laughs> this is so embarrassing to say, at least as far how I feel about it. I just listened to uh, uh, Through Being Cool by Saves the Day. Oh shit! You've never yep. really. God damn it! That yeah, is surprising. I know. I know. Exactly. And the reason why, and this is why I'm trying to defend myself a little bit on this, is because when I first heard Saves the Day, in my opinion, the song that introduced me to them via a friend was not a good song. And I tried listening to it today after listening to this record, and I was like, yeah, that's still not a good song. And it's actually one of their hits. It's At Your Funeral. Really? You don't like that? I, Do you not like his voice I, at that point? I I think, it, I, so when I heard the song initially, you know, when I, I heard it probably way later than like when that album actually came out, mm-hmm. like, like, I think I probably heard that song roughly, I'll say between like 04 and 06. Okay. Yeah. That was probably like almost five years after it came out. Yeah, and so that song, at least at the time, it just reminded me of kind of like the the, the slow, kind of whiny, acoustic emo stuff. Kind of like the Dashboard Confessionals, the Death Cab for Cuties, those type of bands. That's fair That's enough. what that song kind of reminded me of, and I wasn't super huge on either one of those artists. So hearing that song just didn't do anything for me, and I... An old buddy of mine probably tried playing me some songs off of through being cool, but I don't know if you're like me. As soon as you're uninterested in something, it's hard for anything to grab your attention about it. So even if he was playing it, I probably was ignoring whatever he'd say about it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Yeah, cool. No, no big deal. Whatever. No, I agree with that a hundred percent. So I went all these years without listening to that album. So I finally visited today and holy hell, that is such a great record. <laughs> Through being cool. That is a, that is yeah. like a fucking, like I, I was just talking a few weeks ago with, with Joey Cobra who's in here and it's like, it's my fucking ritual. Like fucking it's midnight, 1am and I'm leaving Cleveland and like driving back home. I got three States mm-hmm. to drive back. I just blast that motherfucker with the windows down, down the fucking and it just like, like I just, it's a ritual. Like that record is just made for going like 70 miles an hour or faster sometimes down to the fucking interstate at night, just blasting that fucking record. Like that's what it's made for. It's such an amazing, yeah. and it doesn't waste any fucking time. It's so short. Like it's such a short record. It just, it comes in like such a quick burst. So you can listen to the whole thing. Like I, I love, I think I brought that up when I was talking about it, but like, I love albums that are like that where it's like, they're short and sweet. Like it's a good record, but it's also like, I don't know, 30 minutes long or something. Like they don't fuck around. You know, there's not a lot of yeah. filler in there. It's funny. Cause I listened to that album and then I went and was like, let me listen to the very first album. You know, what were your I, thoughts on that? I would be interested in hearing. Uh, it was all right. Um, I can see where they were going, you know, obviously now like hindsight and, you know, I saw like, I, I saw that there was potential there on that first album, yeah. but didn't really, I didn't, it didn't really, I feel it as much. And then the second album through being cool, 
I, it's funny, after I listened to the first album, I went back and re-listened to Through Being Cool. So I listened to it twice today. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a, it's a great record. And actually, I think you're right, because I think I, I, like, that's the whole reason I love Through Being Cool is I go, can't slow down, like, and I love, like, Lifetime and bands that they sound like on that record. So I go, I like it, I like it kind of like, like the same way that I like, like, old Goo Goo Dolls that sounds just like the replacements and Husker Do. Like, I like that. Some people don't like it because it's like, oh, they just sound like they're ripping it off. But I'm like, maybe they are, but they do a good job at it. And it's the same thing with that first Saves the Day record. I go, yeah, some of these songs sound straight up like Lifetime, but I'm like, but I really like Lifetime. They do a really good job. It's sounding like Lifetime. But as far as being like the cla- like the band that, that's so beloved today, yeah, I think they needed, I think Through Being Cool is the uh, is like the gold standard, which it's funny like with with stay what you are, I totally get why you would like one and not the other cuz I think they are very different. I love them both. I actually have trouble really figuring I probably like through being cool more, but I jump back and forth with that and stay what you are, but stay what you are I think was a drastic change. What I will say to you to be honest, and this is coming from someone who loves saves the day, so far what you've told me with your evaluation I would say don't waste your time listening to any of their other records. I don't think you're going to like anything after Through Being Cool. Go check out. Interesting. Okay. I You have to hear the B-Sides. They do have a B-Sides record that they put out, and there's two songs. And actually, I have uh, – and, and we, we actually, I won't say that because I want to get back to uh, to uh, your, your whole album thing. But there's two B-sides, uh, a Dragon D flat and Sell All My Old Clothes, I'm Off to Heaven. And those two songs, they're like Alkaline Trio level of like the B-sides where it's like this B-side's so fucking good that like everyone wants to hear it. It's like that. Like they have to play it live. Con- they have to play both of those live constantly because people love them. And they're just on a comp. They were like on a Vagrant Records comp. And they're just, they're okay. fucking amazing. So those two songs you have to hear. You'll love those songs. Cause they're like, they're in between. I think they were recorded in between, uh, through being cool and stay what you are. But outside of that, and again, I love saves the day and I love later era stuff, but if you don't like where they're going with stay what you are, you are not going to like, like the al like say daybreak where they have like 10 minute songs and different shit oh, wow. like that. And Chris's voice also like, is that another thing? Did you, did you care for Chris's voice on stay what you are? Or did you not like, as it gets higher? Well, see, like, <clears throat> I didn't, I didn't get to stay what you are. Like, I didn't even get to that. Like, well, you didn't I listen to the rest of it. You, oh, okay. Well, you won't like yeah. the rest of the album if you don't like that song. Yeah. You're not gonna like the rest of that record. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it was just one of those things at that time. Like at that time in my life, when that song came out, or well, when I heard it, it reminded me all of all these other little kind of, you know, slow indie emo artists, and it, like. Yeah, some of that stuff was cool, but like it just wasn't my thing. I and, get that. And so, therefore, like I hear that song as the introduction to them for me, and I knew of the name of the band. And actually, it's funny the the album cover for Through Being Cool. Um, <laughs> even though I didn't know it was them at the time, I just saw the album cover probably via MySpace, and my old band, uh, very first band, Twenty Below Zero. Our, our like pure volume profile page was the three of us on a couch, you know, kind of around oh, each nice. other. And I, I, 
I didn't, I don't want to say I thought of it by any means, but I was like, Hey, we're on a couch. Like I, I saw that one picture on MySpace. Like that was cool. Didn't really think much of it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know it was really saves the day. I just saw like probably on someone's profile. I'm like, Oh, that looks cool. That just looks sweet. That. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to jack this shit. We took, we took the picture. I had a bag of Cheetos in the picture and I'm like staring off like, you know, at the completely like wrong direction of the camera. And we put it up on our profile and like they decided that we wanted to take it down because like, Oh, if we have Cheetos in the, in the picture. We might get sued by them. So we can, we have to take them out. <laughs> Don't you want to though? Isn't that one of those things where it's like, hell, that's like good fucking, like, I think that would help your band if you got sued by Cheetos. How funny would it be? Maybe, but what? <laughs> what if Cheetos and Saves the Day got together and they both sued? They joint sued oh, you. I, I was way too young for a lawsuit at that time. <laughs> Doesn't matter, I, dude. Doesn't I, matter. I was like, I, I was, I was underage. I was like a freshman. They'll sue your fucking dick off, dude. Nah, Saves the Day and Cheetos <laughs> are coming. The Frito Lay and Saves the Day. <laughs> are coming for your ass oh no it's the collab we never knew we wanted until now is it saves the lay oh my god saves the lays or saves the lay (laughs) what's better what sounds Uh, better saves the lay or saves the lays fritos today fritos today and you're pushing it there i'll be honest i mean we, we already we already pushed it by by convincing there should be a collab fair enough fair enough they should do a split they'll do a split seven inch i have to i do have to shout out i think does i don't i i say this like you would just notice off the top of your head but i believe doritos are owned by the frito-lay company and if that's true shout out to them because i did win blink 182 tickets once from a bag of uh doritos so Shout out to Frito Lay for sent for uh, sending me and my cousin to see Blink One Eighty Two, and also making Hashtag sure not sponsored. Yeah, this is not sponsored. And funny enough, they called me to let me know while driving on my way to see Blink One Eighty Two a couple weeks prior. Oh, wow, we were going to Pittsburgh with uh, my mom and some friends, and we were driving to Pittsburgh to see him. And fucking Doritos calls and goes, "Yo, you win two tickets to the Buffalo show in like two weeks." And I'm like, well, fuck yeah, brother. And, uh, and yeah, they made sure to let me know they would not give me transportation. I just got tickets. But, <laughs> but fuck yeah. Shout out to uh, Doritos. And I kept that uh, bag. I don't think I have that bag anymore because now I just like to down. I don't, I don't like owning a lot of shit. So more than likely they've been thrown out through the years. But I did hold on to that bag for years. And they look disgusting because mm-hmm. you had to buy like, like this was, I don't know if you remember this, like right when they reunited, Doritos did this like Doritos late night thing. And if you bought this bag, this disgusting looking, see, now, you know, it's not a sponsorship. So I'm talking about how fucking gross these chips looked. (laughs) I mean, for one, I don't eat meat, so I couldn't eat them. So full disclosure on that. The big reason I didn't eat them was that, but they also look like they'd smell like a fucking high school gym locker. They just like, it was like a beef fucking taco flavor, like Dorito, but like you bought them. And if you scan the back of it, you got this shitty little virtual video of Blink-182. Re- you, yes. you remember this? You could either do that or yes. it was Bubba. I don't think it was Bubba, Bubba Sparks. Sparks. Was it Bubba Sparks? Because I know they did a tour. No, I think I'm I think I'm think fusing that in the $1 bill tour that they did. I think they did that Maybe. with Bubba Sparks. 
someone I, else. Yeah, they did. There was like a hip hop artist. You could either you could either watch Blink and they did the rock show, and I think mm-hmm. maybe I miss you. And it was really pixelated. This was like 2009. This goes back to like the video thing. Like this is not HD. This is really shitty yeah, quality. It, and they're like playing on like a green, like in front of a green screen. But uh, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, I remember it vividly because it was supposed. <laughs> it almost looked like a. It was like it was like right when people were talking about like the Tupac hologram and yes, you know, yeah. Actually, like they that. were they so, were pioneers in that way. <laughs> So they did like the virtual yeah concert and I, yeah they had two songs and they weren't synced properly. <laughs> oh my god, I believe. Could you even tell though? Because all I I haven't watched in in probably a decade, but I I think I recall it being so pixelated. I don't even know that I would be able to tell that it was synced yeah, or not. It, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure it was not synced right, <laughs> and I did actually probably within the last month it popped up on like my YouTube because I think I was just looking up blink One Eight Two videos and I went down like a blink rabbit hole and that there, that video popped up and it was out of sync. Now maybe the uploader just didn't upload it right with the audio and the video, but it was out of sync for sure. No, I, that, that, that's not surprising. Now is that, did you watch it that way or did you, were you an OG with this too? Did you see it? Yeah, I was an OG. I okay. was definitely an OG, but like it was one of those. I was like, about to call oh you God, a Jozer. I, I was about to, existed. I was about to throw a Jozer at you just to be a dick. Boo. <laughs> yeah, really. Boo. You didn't deserve it. I was just going to do it to be an asshole, but I yeah, can't now. But, <laughs> but I'm doing this again. See, now it's going to be on the top of my head now every time I do this. Um, oh no. You brought up. You know, you brought up um, about bands that uh, that you list, like you finally listened to them, and like it was way overhyped or like. Oh, way I was about overrated. to ask you this. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to get into this. Do some shit talking. Yeah, yeah. Of course, I wanted to ask um, you the albums that you enjoyed. Tell us the ones that fucking suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's get crazy here. Um, I, I, the, so. Though I owned it and I liked a couple songs off of it, I honestly thought like it's a little out of the scene, but it it is in it technically. Um, I did not think uh, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge by My Chemical Romance was really that good. I okay, I agree with you here. They're like I don't know. It's weird. Well, actually, it's not really weird to say it. They are overrated. They're a band who even now it blows my mind. Like it just somewhere in time, I guess being broken up did well for them because they weren't that big at the end of their first run. And somewhere in there, they just blew the fuck up. And yeah, it seems like they became the weird thing too, is I feel like after they broke up in a while set, like it sat there a while, I feel like people who I never thought listened to them and still don't really know if they did started acting like they were like this modern day, like, Oh, the Black Parade is a modern day, like this and that and stuff. And I'm like, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was big. It got like radio play, and it was like, like they were a big band for a minute. But I'm like, they're not really. They're like legend got really overhyped while they were broken up. And I'm with you there. I yeah. liked, I liked Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, but I'm, I'm with you. I'm like, it's not. And actually, I don't think any of it's aged well. I liked it when I was younger. I don't remember the last time I listened to a My Chemical Romance album. I really don't. Like, and I, I don't mean, I don't mean it like they're dog shit. Like, I mean, if I hear them somewhere, like, you know, they get played in between bands, like on set. You know what I mean? Like when you go to concerts, mm-hmm. 
that's a big man that uh, you tend to hear. And it's like, okay, like that's fine. But yeah, I never go out of my way to uh, listen to them anymore. Yet people have like somehow made them this where I, there's like, I can think of so many more bands that I would put in that position, you know? And I mean, good for them for playing reasons and shit again and being so big, you know, I mean, I, I you know, they're deserving in it in a way, but I guess I just don't quite understand the hype. And that's coming from someone who, I mean, I do like them and I, I really, I bought all their albums and shit, but I just don't understand the fanfare now. It's, it's insane. Yeah. Like you kind of said, like the, the legend grew, like once they broken up, it really did. And like, and like, yeah, there's still songs that like I like, but I have to go out of my way to listen to those songs on this album. Like, all in all, the album's not bad. It didn't really flow well for me. Like looking back at it, like their their energy was kind of sporadic, and that's kind of how they are during, or at least were back in the day, as far as like their live shows went. Yeah, but like the the album itself just didn't flow super well to me. And I think what really did it in, as far as like you know, just kind of ruining the stick, like the you know, the vision for me was like, they went from like, you know, you, you check out like their first album. The, what is it? Like I, uh, I brought you my bullets. You brought me your love for some really long fucking lines. long think, bullshit title. Yeah, yeah. Something like that. But like though it's not the same vibe. It reminds me of like, kind of like how like AFI went from like this, like, Oh, very much like yes. skate punk band. And then all of a sudden they went like super like vampire goth. Uh, that's a good comparison. Speak. I know exactly what you're saying. That's that's a very good comparison. To be and honest, then, yeah. the rawness of the first, maybe I'm just trying to be like the cool fucking guy, but if there is a My Chemical Romance album, and I haven't listened to it in years, but like really the last time I gave a fuck about them, I listened mostly to their first record. I liked the rawness yeah, of that one. Yeah. And, and it was just one of those things. Like, I remember like everyone at my school was like, you know, obviously I'm not okay. was like the first hit off that record as far as I'm aware. Um, and then they have like, uh, the Helena, which I still don't think it's that great of a song. No. And that was the big, and, that but, was really the one that blew the, I think that was the one that started getting them like MTV play. Like I'm not okay. Got a lot of fuse play, but that like, that crossover where you would see, because there's always those bands that got played a lot on Fuse, but you would know when they got mainstream big because then mm-hmm, they'd start mm-hmm. being played on MTV and VH1. And I think Helena was the one that, like, then they started getting played on MTV. That that was the one. I'm not okay. I think got maybe minor play on MTV, but I yeah. think Fuse pushed that a lot more. I still, I honestly yeah. remember the very first time hearing them because it was I'm not okay. I turned on Fuse, and, like, it was the end of the music video. Like, and I, you got to give credit where credit's due. That's something I'll give them. They made great music videos at a time where music videos were still... That was kind of the last era where music videos could do something for you, I feel like. Like, if you had a cool one. And they were pretty good with that, with music videos. And that, that one, like, caught my eye right away. Like, I only saw... I even know who the fucking band was. I don't even think I caught their name the first time. But, like, I saw, like, the last 30, 40 seconds of uh, that video and I'm like oh fuck and then uh, I heard it like one or two other times and then my cheap ass back back then I don't know if you well I'm sure you do when CDs were still like $20 I 
I remember I saw that album on sale for $10 at FYE and I'd never heard the rest of it. I just, I'm not okay off fuse. And I'm like, well, fuck, it's only $10. That's a great deal. Normally this thing's like fucking 15, 20 bucks. So I bought it off that, but sorry, I guess I just sidetracked. That was my long winded, uh, way of saying fuse played my chemical romance a lot in 2005. <laughs> sorry, but yeah. I know I was going somewhere and then it became very narcissistic. And all I just did was tell you this personal story of, yeah. of being, I started just getting nostalgic and old. I'm sorry. Yeah, uh, it's, it's cool. And like, it's funny. Cause like after that album, like, so I heard that album first and I was like, okay, you know, this is my chemical romance, whatever. And then I heard, you know, that then I went back and got their first album. And, you know, for me, I, even though production wise and like quality, it's not as good. But That's like, the yeah, charm of it though. I think. Of it. And that, it was a very rad album to listen to. And like, once I heard that album, I was like, okay, I feel like I don't really need to hear much more of my chemical romance. And then they came out with the black parade and I heard that song and I was like, yeah, no, I'm, I think I'm done with it. Like the <laughs> intro riff is cool. Like when it actually kicks in, uh-huh. but like other than that, like the, the rest of it doesn't do anything for me. And like that teenager song, like it's not very good. And that it's funny. Cause that album is so beloved by so many people that like, it's one of those, like, I feel like I should visit it and be like, okay, maybe I should give this a shot. But as of right now, like the two songs that I heard from it, and I think Blood. Yeah, Blood's a weird it, fucking blood. song. Yeah. Yeah. I don't that, like that. that one. That one, That one. I'm just like, yeah. this is too, maybe I'm just not goth enough, but I'm just like, this. Yeah. Is, right? That's the weird one where there's just like piano and shit. It's supposed to sound kind of like almost like a ragtime song or something kind of like old. And he's just like talking about fucking blood. It's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm just not, I'm, I'm like, I don't know that that's too fucking weird for me. (laughs) And kind of the last, last bit on this was just like the, the thing that kind of killed the entire band for me, almost as a whole, um, my old bass player, um, anytime the octave riffs for I'm not okay or uh, the Black Parade would kick in for those, you know, 15 seconds or however long they play. Uh-huh. He would start cutting like a, he would start cutting like a back to school Walmart ad during the octave riff. And now I can't stop hearing that song as like a back to school <laughs> song. Like as soon as those octaves hit, he's like, come, come to Walmart. We have back to school sale deals on three for five backpacks. Uh, two for 99 cent pencil bags, you know, and just, folders I are three for 75 cents. Oh, I, I can't stop hearing that promo <laughs> that he cuts anytime those songs play and I can't do it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's so weird and specific. It is. It's so specific. And once he started doing it, I just can't stop hearing it now. So anytime they play like on the radio, like I'll I'll cut my own promo in the car for 15 seconds about a back to school sale at like a Target, and then as soon as that ends and they start singing, I just change the channel. <laughs> all, of a sudden, all of a sudden, anytime you hear that on the radio, all of a sudden you have to like go buy office supplies. All like like out of nowhere, you're just like, "Fuck, I need pencils. I need I yeah, need more pens and notebooks." Yeah. Yeah. yeah, fucking, you got to go find the closest office max. Yeah. That's very weird. But, yeah, that's, that's very weird, yeah, man. I got to admit, I can't lie. Yeah, it's so weird. My bass player was a weird guy. <laughs> yeah, let's bl- <laughs> Yeah, blame the bass player. 
<laughs> hey, he was the one that cut the original promo, so I'm blaming it on him. I uh, I don't know. That album was really more than – and actually, this is what I was going to say, and then we'll move on. I don't think – this is, again, Anthony's fucking uh, opinion corner here. I don't think you should revisit that album because I don't think you'll like it because here's the thing with My Chemical Romance. There's, ha- there's half of an audience where nostalgia takes hold, and they are people like our age who really were huge into them back in the MySpace days. And there's nostalgia, so they still love them in that way. And then there's people who I think are like modern-day goth teenagers. They're a band who I think you have to get into at a certain age or you'll never get into them. And it doesn't even mean year because there's people still getting into them now. But I think they're getting into them as like teenagers. Like, I don't think – you know what I mean? There's certain bands where you can get into when you're older – like, like, as I got older, like I never liked the velvet underground or Lou Reed. I never understood it. And then as I got older, I started to really like his music and the velvet underground understanding it. There's some bands that you get with age. I don't think my chemical romance is one of those. I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, like, I don't think you have to go revisit the black parade. Cause if you didn't, unless it holds, unless you're an angsty teenager right now and you hate your fucking, your fucking parents, so you got to listen to the Black Parade like you either like it now or you really like it now because you enjoyed it when you were like in middle school. You know what I mean? It's one yeah. of those albums. I think you had to be there. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's totally possible. But then also, again, like, you know, that's kind of part of the reason why I go back and kind of revisit these albums or like these bands is because, you know, back when they were at their quote unquote peak or whatever, either they weren't my genre or they were so shoved down my throat from my friends or whatever. Like you have to listen to this band. You know, the more you try to force something on me, like the more I'm going to like resist and push back and just like be uninterested. So like going in and like listening to these bands on my own time. And like when I want to, it allows me to like not have anyone breathing over my shoulder. You know, it's like, it's like when you're, you know, it's like imagine being at the office and you're on the computer typing something in, a coworker is like, oh, I wouldn't use that word in that email. Um, that's a run-on sentence. Oh, you should type it like this. I'm like, stop doing that. I would hate if someone, like, every time I try to listen to an album, someone's like, listen to this song. Oh, listen to this part. Oh, oh yeah. Wait, 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 don't listen. Yeah, I'm like, come on. Like, let me just enjoy it on my own. Like, I'll, I'll give you my review when I'm done. And at the time, it was just never like that because kind of going back further with the whole MySpace thing, it was all about pushing those big artists that was like, this is the hot band right now. Let's hop on that trend. Blah, blah, blah. And it was just too much for me. So that's why it took me so long to visit certain bands. Even like as, as embarrassing as this is to say out loud, because I said it on line a few weeks back when I listened to bleed American for the first time. I was time, just about to bring this like, up to you. I was about to start some shit yeah. and go, you want to bring up some shitty opinions you have, Kyle? I was going to bring this yeah. up. <laughs> But it's not a shitty opinion. That's not a shitty opinion. Should I call just, Zach I right now and bring him on? Because he loves Bleed. It's his favorite Jimmy World record. No, it's it's a great record. It's really good. There was just two songs that were kind of like, eh, for me. But like all in all, like I didn't hate the record whatsoever. I thought you didn't at like the it. Time, no, I liked it. It was just two songs that were just kind of like, they did, the vibe kind of dipped for me a little bit. What ones are it, they? Which ones didn't you like? Uh, 
I don't remember. Oh, it was, no, like I do. It was your house because that's my favorite song. It's one of my okay, favorite yeah. Jimmy World songs, like all together. Like that's like the song. Like if I try to get someone into Jimmy World, like I like I got to be that guy. I'm not going to play them like the middle. I normally will play them that song, which I don't know is gotcha, fair because okay. it doesn't sound a lot like their other shit. But um, I okay. love I love that song. But I also get where you're going. I get. I can appreciate that or not appreciate, but I can accept the fact of that because there most of the time I'd say nine times out of 10, I hate when a record throws an acoustic song in the middle of it. I don't fucking mm-hmm. like that normally. So I don't disagree with you. Now, can I ask you this? And I probably asked you it when we yeah. talked about this. Do you think you would have liked that song if it was placed somewhere else? Or would you just not like that song at all? No matter where the fuck it was, you just didn't like the um, song. Yeah, for all in all, I, I just wasn't a huge fan of the song. And it was more or less just because if, if it's a song I'm thinking of, because I said there was two songs. I just don't remember what the other one was. There was two, but uh, I remember that because I, yeah. I, I love your house and you, you you did not like that one. And the other one... Yeah, there was there was something about like a, like the guitar riffing was extremely odd and it just didn't make sense in the song. Um, like don't recall what it was to save my life. To be honest, um, it was funny, your picks, because I remember guessing the two, and I thought you were talking about, because there are a couple songs where I think they get kind of weird at the end of that record, where, like, the one song kind of has a weird intro to it that I think goes too long. Like, like I like Bleed American. It's not my favorite Jimmy Eat World record, but, like, they lose me for a second towards the end. And But I was surprised. Okay. Those weren't the songs you thought were weird. Like like, But you surprised me with your picks, but... I can't remember the second one either. Yeah, I'd have to like do a scroll back and see like, oh yeah, what uh, what was it? And I'm sure I can find it if I really needed to. But well, I wanted to talk about actually. This kind of goes with uh, the acoustic thing, and also brings up the other topic I wanted to uh, talk to you about. Um, another band because one that always jumps in my head right away. And I don't know if I ever asked your opinion on this song. But as far as albums having an acoustic song in the middle of it and just fucking it up, in my opinion, my the right away in my head is Alkaline Trio's Enjoy Your Day. I fucking hate that song. I hate where it's at on God Damn It. Because that record's going so well, including the song before it, um, As You Were, is my favorite song on the whole record and one of my favorite Alkaline Trio songs. Um, and... All of a sudden, there's this whiny fucking... And really, you want to talk about, like, emo and the whiny acoustic stuff you're talking about. That was Danny when he was still kind of had his, like, what he sounded like in Tuesday when he was still doing, like, the kind of promise ring thing. And it's just... it It's just not... It's emo in the worst way. But, <laughs> but what I will say is maybe it's also the placement. Maybe if it was somewhere else, I would like it. Because I like the last song on that record, and that one's acoustic. I can't remember the name of it, but uh, Matt's last song on God Damn It. And I love that song. That one, I think, is a great song. And actually, really, it may be placement because the other thing is I think one of Danny's best songs is fine. And that one has uh, that one is mostly acoustic. Like, they they are good as acoustic band. I like Damnasia, Damnesia, too. Like, I really like that album. But uh, I hate, I hate Enjoy Your Day with a fucking passion. And when I listen to God Damn It, I always hit skip there. I, 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 I will listen to the rest of that record front to back until I get to that song. And I hit skip. So I do get why you probably wouldn't like the one on uh, Bleed American. Like, you may not like it because it just fucks up. 
I think a lot of times an acoustic song in the middle of an album just kind of fucks up the vibe. Yeah, it it really depends on like, like it depends on the band and if they can pull it off. And like Alkaline Trio, they can pull off acoustic songs, but like yeah, they in my opinion, it's like just, just like most songs that are acoustic in my head, like when it comes to like songs and albums, they just always do better towards the end. You know, like, yeah. you know, in the like in the later half. You know, not like if there's twelve songs. I'm not talking about like song number seven. I'm thinking like you know. 10 11 i'd agree you know, there yeah. like yeah, even that's... the last song even if it's the last song i'm fine with it but yeah anytime you throw an acoustic early to the middle of a record if your vibe isn't that like even if you're like a slow electric band it's probably fine but if you just throw a straight acoustic in the middle or early on it is kind of a vibe killer for me especially if it's like a you know a fast like rock punk band you know it just leaves a weird taste let me throw this one to you and it's not acoustic but it's it's slow it's a slower song it's kind of ballady but how do you feel not so much with with after take out the fact that you've heard this song a thousand times and you probably don't love it as much but how do you feel about a song like i miss you because i really at the time when it came out, and I don't know, maybe I'm not being fair, and maybe it is just hearing it so fucking much that I start to not like it, but that is another one I will skip because I go, I get really pumped listening to that record, and all of a sudden that one hits, and it's a ballad, and I just don't, I don't know, I don't like it. I feel like it's a, it's like a come down when I don't want it to be. Yeah. Uh, for what we were discussing via text yesterday or even the day before, um, just kind of about blink. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go through their whole discography on Spotify. And I just listened to everything from Buddha to as much as I could, you know, to the end of my shift. And I was listening to the self-titled and I got to, I miss you. And I was like seconds away from skipping it. Cause I'm not a big <laughs> fan of that song. Even when, even when it came out, like I just didn't really think it was hit worthy. And I was like, yeah, you know, it's something different from Blink. You know, they're trying to be different with this whole record. I forgive them. And I, I caught myself at work like an idiot. I decided not to skip it. And I'm just walking around, you know, doing my thing. And I was this idiot that everyone calls out as a joke. You know, as soon as Tom opens his mouth. Oh, no, I, I know where this is oh, going. I'll, out loud at work, I said the infamous lyrics <laughs> and I stopped and I was like, did I just fucking do that? <laughs> oh no. And, and you know what? <sighs> it happened. I listened to the rest of the song and I was just like, I can't believe I did it. I, my mouth has been shut for hours just listening to these records. I didn't say one lyric out loud at work at all. And then that one the most line basic in, fucking song too. And I yelled it at work. And I was like, you know what? They got me. I don't like the song still, but God damn it. That part gets me. <laughs> Dude. After that, did you start singing the na-na's and all the small things? <laughs> no, I was already past that point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you a Joser, dude. No, I'm just fucking with you. But yeah, no, like, yeah, I miss you. Like, I just was not a huge fan of that song, but like, I, I understand why they wanted it as a hit. It is, you know, I liked it more when it came out. And I do think part of it is overexposure, 
But I ne- I always thought Feeling This was the better single. And really, though, of all the singles, the underrated one is Down. I think Down, really, in oh. a way, I think it does what I Miss You is trying to do, but it does it better because they do the slow part, but then they build up. And I think they do it in a less cheesy – I mean, obviously, they never really build up and I Miss You. But in a way, they kind of do the same thing later on in that, the kind of – because, again, it does slow it down. You know what I mean? That is a slower song and shit, but, like, it's just done in a much better way. Like, it's more in their field because I think I miss you, too. I I wonder if the other issue with it is you see what they're trying to do with it, but as much as I love them, I don't know that they're a band that could pull that off. You know what I mean? Like, because I miss you is kind of cheesy, and it's like you kind of get what they're going. They're always trying to be the cure, but it's like, dudes, you're not the cure. Like, you tell dick jokes and play octave chords and shit. Like, and I love yeah. it, but I'm like, you're not the cure. And a couple times on that record, they do some new wave shit and cure like stuff that they do well. But uh, oh, always, yeah, okay, always, always is a great one. That whole new wave vibe. But here's a song yeah. I totally wasn't even think of, thinking of. Later on on the record, I don't know why I'm comparing down to I Miss You. What the fuck am I thinking? All of this is a better representation Ooh. of what the, that is a much better song than I Miss You. And it's that same eerie. And fuck, they have, they literally have Robert yeah. Smith on the goddamn yeah. song. That I think they execute so much better. That is the more superior song to I Miss You. Now, I get it. I don't think all of this would have been a single. I think it's, I think it's too moody and slow and eerie to have been like a radio single. Like I, I get why I miss you is mainstream wise, the one they went with, but I think all of this is the better song. If you're comparing the two. And I think those are fair assessments. I think those two songs are fair to compare. Yeah. It, and the thing, it's funny because I'm such, you know, we talked about this on other episodes about like, you know, one song leading to another one album leading to another and going from, go to great fucking all of this it's such a great transition because like the riff like you know they play the same riff at the end that they do at the beginning of go and all of this and it's just you know it, it it's there's there's no passage of time that like like there's not even like a small track beat like a skip you know no, you're for, right for it's like it. seamless yeah and I was thinking about this last night while listening to the record. Like, obviously, Robert Smith is on it. But, and we kind of dabbled in this in the text message. Like, at least as far as, like, this mild topic on, like, demos. I wonder if that song was ever vocally sang with Mark before Robert Smith got on the song. I think it was. I I think I've heard in interviews that, that it was. I don't know if it was recorded but I'm pretty sure that was a thing and like the, his voice didn't work on it or something. I could be making this up, but I swear I've heard interviews where they've talked about this like multiple times. Okay. Cause I I've heard interviews about like, you know, they, you know, they would want to have him on the record, but you know, you know, it's fucking Robert Smith. Like what are the chances? And then they got him in. And even on like, again, this is Wikipedia. So who knows the accuracy of it, but his name is on there as at least as like a writer of the song. So oh, I don't really? know if he actually helped us. Yeah. I mean, See, that, I, that's thought Wikipedia, so. I thought it was done before yeah. that, but who knows? Maybe he tweaks, maybe he tweaks some lyrics, you know, and that is true. Cause you he know, could just, you could modify a line yeah. and get a writing credit. 
yeah, we, we talked about this a little bit with one of the worst Blink songs ever with Sober and how Patrick Stump helped write the song. He technically only wrote one lyric on that song. Like, he wrote one line. Really? And he's considered, yeah, he wrote, uh, I don't, I, I'm the song's blanking me because I skip it often, but it's, he, yeah, he does like one line. And that was, I think, from what I heard, that was it. So that's his. You know what I got to say to that? Spot. You know what I got to say to that? No wonder Pete Wentz writes all the lyrics in Fallout Boy. Hey, this city wasn't that bad of a record. <laughs> no, actually, no. I like soul punk, motherfucker. I do like soul punk. Oh, yeah, soul punk, yeah. But but there's a there, – you know what, though? It ain't the lyrics. The lyrics aren't aren't the main attraction on that record. It's more the musicianship. Yeah, yeah, Which exactly, I'll yeah. say – here's uh, the thing. Pete Wentz is not a musician. He is a he is a great lyricist. I will never say he's a great musician. Patrick Stump is a great yeah. musician. He's an okay lyricist. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> Credit where credits due. Zach Zach roasted, I think both our asses, but mostly mine when we talked about that on our unpopular opinions one. Because he, I mentioned something about how good that record is, and he's like, "Wait, that has this city on it, right?" I think that's all he said too. Yeah. But the way yeah. he said it, it's like he got my ass so well because all of a sudden I had to be like, "Oh goddamn!" Like, okay, all right, I have to. And, okay, I'm. You're not wrong. Like, I couldn't even argue it. Yeah, and then actually, it's funny. I think that might have been the first record I ever did the Saturday morning thing to. I was like, you know what? Oh, I'm gonna shit. listen to that album. See how? how I'm, I, I know like this city. I know that song off of it. This city. I listened to everything else, and there was one song that like was relatively long, and it sounded like two songs. It was actually really solid, but it was just a little too long. But yeah, it was it wasn't a bad record. It was just it's yeah, very it was, it's him doing it's doing it's him doing a Michael Jackson impression basically. I mean, really, if you go into it, he's doing Michael Jackson. There's a little Motown in there. There's like a lot of mm-hmm. like eighty synth pop, like. You go if you go into it and go he's and that's the thing with Fallout Boy I don't want a pop record from Fallout Boy that's why I don't like their new shit but Patrick Stump after hearing the first song you kind of realize what he was doing you go oh it's a pop record and not even pop yeah. you know I shouldn't say that because a lot of other people at that time were doing like a throw you know throwback sounds and using synth so I won't say he was the only one doing it in pop music but he wasn't trying to write even pop modern pop music I think he was kind of writing kind of more from that influence of like Hall and Oates and a lot of like eighties bands and shit. And really I'm surprised. I mean, radio did push them. Like I remember him playing a lot of like radio show tours or like festivals and stuff, but I'm surprised it never got bigger for him. Cause that is a pop record. It's it, it is a 100% pure pop record, but it's a good pop record. Yeah. And yeah, it's not bad by any means. And I found the song, it's called run dry. It's like in the middle of the, in the record. Yeah, I think I, I haven't listened to that album in a long time, but I think I remember that. Yeah, one. I I just looked it up, and yeah, that's the song that I thoroughly enjoyed. And it's, it's relatively long, because I think they, they cut it into like almost two songs. But yeah, I, I, the music was cool. Like The lyrical content was a little goofy, but I mean, I can handle goofy. I still like it better than um, anything since, that Fall Boy's done since they've gotten back together. I haven't, li- I haven't oh, yeah. liked it. Soul Punk is is better than than any of the uh, any anything post Folia do. Yeah, 
Yeah, and even Foley to do like I was, yeah, like, was going to say, that's the kind biggest of fan of. Like, okay, that's another on there. That but. that's another funny one with Zach. Is he kind of got my ass on that? Because I remember def- not even on on the podcast. This is just like us talking as friends. And like, I think I mentioned that I liked Folly Adu, not listening to it in years. But he's like, no, dude, listen to it one day. It's not good. And I put it on, a, a, like, in the gym one day, like, I don't know, like weeks later, just randomly. And I start listening to it and I skip a song. And then I'm listening and I skip and I realize all of a sudden <laughs> I skipped like half the record. And I just had to text him and I'm like, Jesus Christ. All right. I get. Credit where credit's due, God, dude. I guess you're right. This album's not very fucking good. And he, he was right. It's like, okay, I guess. Because at first I'm like, you're crazy. You got to quit talking shit. That record's better than you're saying. And then I listen. I'm like, oh, I guess when I skip nine of the 12 songs, yeah, maybe it's not a very good album. Yeah. And it's it's kind of something we, like, touched on a little bit, you know. It's like, you know, over, you know, certain eras of bands or certain albums, you know, they only fit in like a certain timeline. Like after that, you can't listen to it, you know, the same anymore. Or, you know, it's kind of, you had to be in that bubble. You had to be in that time to like get, get it. Like we were talking about with uh, my chemical romance and just like, you know, like everyone does, like our music, you know, our influences change or like what we liked a couple years ago, we don't like anymore. And, and it's funny kind of going back, like, I, like as a kid, like I really loved that, like that really big, good Charlotte record that got them like MTV. Young and famous. Hopeless? Young and the Hopeless? Yeah. Like it was a great, as a kid, was I loved it. one of the it. first, I, to be honest, that's like one of my first like punk pop punk records. Like after like Simple Plan and Some 41, maybe like that was like the third, like quote unquote punk or pop punk record that I, I ever was into. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I liked it. Like, it was, I was a fan of it. Like, you know, just like Has almost great, any though. little, yeah, I, I listened to it as an adult, like probably like a year ago, maybe a little bit more. I did the and, same like, thing. It was, fun. It was, it was <laughs> I, a fun nostalgia trip. It was a nostalgia trip, you know, but other than that, like, didn't really like it much anymore. What I will say, okay. it's, it's, it is one of those albums though. I'm, I'm with you. I don't. I'll go years out listening to it, but I will always remember all the fucking lyrics. Yeah. Like I, I, uh, I had a really fun time at work listening to that record. And all of a sudden, like my bloody Valentine comes yeah. on and like riot girl. And I'm one. just like, and I'm just in it, just feeling it. I'm like, yeah, these songs, I remember these songs word for word. And I haven't listened to them since, you know, early two thousands. <laughs> oh yeah. No, those will always be like, I mean, it, Another one is uh, going back to Panic at the Disco, like, and I can't fucking stand anything they did after, like, Pretty Odd. Though they're they're one that I retroactively, because I'll be honest, I liked a few albums they did for a while, and then I listened to them more, and I was like, oh no, this is actually dog shit. But a Fever You Can't Sweat Out, which I still stand by, is actually a pretty strong record. But that's another one I won't listen to it for years. But if you played that for me right now. I'll sing if it. You just played a karaoke version with no vocals. I'll sing the whole goddamn thing front to back, everything, I, just the whole fucking thing. I, I'll know it all. Like I, you know, it's just one of those things that's lodged in my head for the rest of my fucking life. Yeah, even like fever, you can't sweat out. Like th- that band at that time was just too weird for me because I kind of already like felt like 
you know, they kind of had, like, they were like, everyone would talk about it. They were like Fall Out Boy light. See, I thought, and see, I never understood that. Like, I know because Pete was, signed was, and everything. Was, and the long it was song the type titles. Of vocals that were being delivered. It wasn't the, like, they mildly sounded the same, but it was very much just the vocal delivery because they were so out of the genre. Yeah, I get. Yeah, I guess you're right. The vo- vocally, vocally, they are. See, like, and it's not like I'm not saying it like you're the only one. They've always gotten that comparison, but I always thought it was weird because I'm like, I'm not saying they sound totally different, but I'm like they sound fairly unique on that album. Where I'm like, I don't feel like they sounded like, like I kind of feel like they de- they deserve the success they got at the time. So I'm like, yes, they're what people are calling emo or whatever, but it's like they were doing weird different shit on that album and doing more like, like they used synths in a better way. Like they did electronica shit on there that was so much better than pop, than other pop punk bands that were using synths. Like they used them. I know there were better songwriters and shit right off the bat, but I think a lot of that was like Ryan Ross too. I think that's the other reason. I think he wrote a lot of the uh, good shit early on, but I don't know. There are there. I see some of the fall boy comparisons. I just never saw all of them. Yeah. It, for me, it was just the vocal delivery, like the way, like that they I would, agree with, you know, yeah, just the way they would sing. It's not like musically they sounded the same because they really didn't at all. It was just their range was in the same, like, you know, in the same area and the way they would sing, just like the way they would hit those, you know, those weird notes. And, you know, I'm not a vocalist. So I don't know all the, the fancy terms, but like, they just had, they were just different enough in the scene where they can be comparable. And like that first album, I only know like three songs off of it. Like I know, like, you know, I write sense, not tragedies. Uh, I think what is, uh, probably, but it's the, better if you do, you know, that one, maybe the lap uh, dance song. Oh, gee, I don't know about that. Um, oh no, then it's it, no, cause it, you know it, that it, one then. <laughs> Yeah, it was. I think uh, the lying is uh, lying's the most fun a girl can have without taking her clothes off. That was. I single. think that's it. It was it okay. It has to be because um, that was so specific. There's no way it wasn't because that's such a specific song title that when you started saying at least most of it, it had you had to that, have. Because is that the uh, is that the one that starts where it's like like. No, I, I'm not going to sing the lyrics. I, that's that's the only song of theirs. London something, right? Maybe that's a song on there too. I can't remember the name, but I think that one's the one with that fucking thing. Because I think yeah, that's the only starts, song I like. Just vocals. I think he just yeah. starts singing. Oh, you only like yeah, the other it, one? It was yeah. There was the only there was only one song that I liked when I heard any of those songs. That's and another. I don't think it was a hit. It was like London beckoned, blah, 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 blah. Yes, that, that's something like that. Like London beckoned songs. It's a weird title. See, now that's the Fall Boy comparison I also agree with. They did have long, oh, the song, long titles. song titles. <laughs> yeah, they did have long fucking song titles that had nothing to do yeah. with it. But you know what? Here's the funny thing. When it got overplayed, I no longer, it got fucking old after a while. But now I miss bands doing that because. Really, when it was when they first started doing it, like some of those Fall Out Boy song titles are fucking funny. Like some of those are very clever, and I, I really like I like them. After a while, it's like okay, now everyone's kind of ripping them off. Same with like movie quotes, where like I feel like those like 
when when pop punk got more to like easy core era i feel like a lot of oh, titles, oh my god yeah they were all movie oh, yeah. fucking they were movie quotes Dude. or something about the fucking goonies or the mighty ducks yep yep just something <laughs> see you already know yep. you know exactly <laughs> Yeah, totally. Dude. Dude, the Goonies and the Mighty Ducks and like Back to oh the Future. God, yeah, a lot of fucking fl- Yeah, back You know what you know yeah. what? We could probably blame Four Years Strong because they're I'd say one of the biggest the bands who got the biggest during that era who did that. So I feel like, like they're an it offender. Was, it was like four years strong, like set your goals. Yes. Uh, you know you know who else? The Wonder Years stopped it by like later on, but like their really early shit like gets stoked on it and won't be pathetic forever. Like their early stuff has some fucking long cheesy names and like I think move you know, like references and shit, like a lot of a lot of that on the early ones. Yeah. It, yeah. It, and like even I think if I recall correctly, I think even some of like the Fall Boy ones, I think a couple of them were like ref, like early Fall Boys or references. Oh, a lot of movie, like, yeah. Like dir- I think the yeah. ones like Dirty Dance, yeah. Like nobody puts baby in corner. Coffee's for closers. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's fucking a bunch of mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. But I miss that now. Now it's been gone yeah. for a while. Now I miss long song titles that have nothing to do with with the uh, song at all oh yeah and now it's like it seems like so many bands just are turning to just like the one word song they're one i was about to say that like they're one fucking word titles now like no joke like i didn't really notice it until yesterday because i was listening to them all day so like half my night a lot of early blink songs like the first like three records they have almost, nothing to do with, like, with the song n- not, not not really much that, but like eighty percent of the songs from like the first three records are all just one one word titles. Oh yeah, you're right. Like carousel, M M's, don't sometimes time, Ventusler, TV, uh, Lemmings, Waggy. We can go on. And then like once Enema the Enema the State came out, then they started touching on. A couple little bit longer song titles. Well, actually, the other thing, what I would, I would also say they did. They stopped doing that, and then they also, I think, started just doing song titles that had to do with the song. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, there's exceptions like Dysentery Gary and stuff, but for the most part, well, actually, no, I can't say not on Enema because, to be honest, Dumpweed never said. There's never a time where he says Dumpweed, Dysentery Gary, Wendy Clear, Anthem. So I shouldn't say that. Later on, like at this point, I think I think now, including like I think California, like all that. It's just another way for me to shit on that album. But like all those have oh, titles dude. that have to do with like the fucking song now. Or even if you listen to "Take Off Your Pants and Jacket," like yeah, uh, most of those first day story of a lonely guy rock show, uh, roller coaster, reckless abandon. Every time I look for you, when you, you fucked know, me one good reason, shut up. They literally had that entire album almost had the song title in the song somewhere. <laughs> yeah, you're I think Anthem might be the only one of the only ones. Oh, stay together. Uh, maybe kids. online songs? No, I think he said or no, he doesn't say songs. No, he just says like I think he says no. online screen name or something. Yeah, which that song is so underrated. That's one <laughs> I was about to say that might be one of his best 
Like that, that song, like I even remember before I even liked Blink that much, like when, when like my mom had fucking that album on cassette, like even before I liked them and she was just listening to them. I always, I think dude, even that. I love like, your mom. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Like. Let me meet your mom. Like today? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <Is> it, <laughs> well, let me know when you're here. We'll do an episode. <laughs> But my Will she you can't, bring your mom? No. Actually, I was just about to say that. Like, nah, I don't want my mom on here. That'd be weird. <laughs> you can you can go hang out with her, and then we can do it. But like, okay, cool. Even, sure. even back in the day when I was like eight or whatever, like, I always remember that, like, the end of Anthem Part 2 going into online songs. And that, like, right away is, like, one of the best parts of the album. Like, long before even oh. really giving a shit about that band. Yeah, and there's some... <sighs> You ever experience that moment when you're on like YouTube or whatever, and you like find a song that looks like there's a music video to it, and you're like, "What the hell?" Oh like, yeah, yeah. This isn't, and then you click on it, and it's like it's not a music video, but it's, it's like fan made of sorts. A long time ago, someone did uh, uh, a lyric music video to online songs, and it goes under the title like kinetic typography, and I don't know how many views it has now, but like it felt like at the time it was almost viewed, at least amongst my circle, as another blank music video because it was just the lyrics, but they would like fall and hook and like spin, you know, to like every lyric. And like, you know, when they say like it sounds so bright, it blinds me, like the word bright would like illuminate for a second. Uh and it was it was a super cool music video, and it was literally just the lyrics like coming up. But it was like the way they were like animating it looked super cool. And I thought like, man, how is this song not a hit? Especially after like seeing this, like they need to make a music video for it. I could hear and, that song like that. Really, like it, it's funny they were telling them that they had no singles on that record because really, I would say if if Rock Show and First Date didn't exist. I think that would be like the fucking single off of it. Like it's just so catchy right away. Like him just coming oh, yeah. in, just mark with bass and just vocals. They don't do that enough on Blink songs. They should do that more actually. Like him just coming in with a bass line and him singing on it, fucking perfect. Like beautiful. Just so good. Or even like um um don't tell me that it's over. It hits. That's a good. It just hits a guitar riff. Tom starts singing and then it's just a bass line immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, and that was another one of those songs where I was like, man, if this wasn't on like a B side and this was on the album, this should be a hit or this should be like the album opener. I'll, I'll Instead say of like having a long intro. Mm-hmm. What's up? Oh, no, no, oh, go, no, no, go ahead, dude. No, I, I was going to say like, because I brought it up on the Blink one, like the top five, that like instead of having like a guitar riff, like intro that they kind of are formulaic for, you know, they did it on, you know, you know, Carousel or just a, a long intro, Carousel, uh, Dumpweed, Anthem Part 2, like, you know, they kind of build, the first song always has kind of like a building intro. But instead, if they just kicked it off with like an online song or like a don't, don't tell me that it's over or it's just an immediate punch in your face. Like that would be something super rad. And like they, I guess they kind of touched on it when like blink did the Skiba thing and they uh, did cynical because it's a bass, just like bass chords 
That's what I was about to rudely like, when I was rudely interrupting you a second ago. That's uh, what I was about to. That's what I was about to say. But okay. I'm like, it was off track because we we're still talking about take off your pants and jacket. I was going to say it's the only time you'll hear me not shit on California. I don't think cynical is a bad opener. I think cynical is a no. really good. I think cynical is one of the only. Really, actually, the first three songs on California, I think, are okay. And I think Cynical is probably the best because it's just a fun, like, fast, like, skate punk song. And I love the buildup of that. I, I think it's great how he just comes in with those bass chords. Like, I really, mm-hmm. that, that is a great fucking way to open, to open, which the kind of is like that because, like, I think online songs could be an album opener. And uh, I think they did that pretty well with Cynical. Yeah, because, yeah, what was it? It was cynical to bored to death. And uh, she's out of her mind or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, okay, even the next song, uh, Los Angeles. That's where they I lose love that me. I, and that's where they lose me. That's where I go, fuck this album. I turn it off. See, I, I think I'm pretty sure I put Los Angeles on my uh, top five. I think you I did. If I recall correctly. Yeah, I, I, I'm because, pretty sure you did. Because that was the... In- yeah, because that's what I call oh, like. That's like Blink's introduction with Matt Skiba, and it totally has a Matt Skiba like old trio, like kind of dark vibe, like trio dark, not what Blink calls dark. But it's the L. You know what? I, I would agree with that. But what I think is, it's the, the whole L A L A L A. Well, yeah. Well, no. Here's the thing: is I agree that it has some alkaline trio elements, but it has the elements of what they were doing on like uh, on like Crimson, but the songs I don't like. Cause there's some cringy okay. song, like what's the one like burn, like you live and you burn or whatever, like that. I think that mm-hmm. one's on. It's like that. It's that cheesy side where I go. He's trying to do kind of. It's like Skiba doing pop, but it's not good, you know. And like, there's good hooks, like there's good hooks and good vocal melodies and alkaline trio songs, but he's almost trying to do a pure pop song, and it's like, yeah, dude, no, nah, I'm I'm not into this. Did you ever partake in trying to listen to Maskeba and the Secrets? Yeah, and I like you know what I don't like all their releases, but I do like most of uh, whatever the album is with him on the cover with lipstick on. It's like yeah. all blue, and mm-hmm. he has the lipstick. There are yep. some good songs on that, actually. Yeah. Okay. But I don't. But I will I say it's the only one I've really fucked with, and I know he has other releases under that. I've never really checked him out, so. My gauge and interest in it, if that gives you a little more um, like insight to it, I've never really cared enough to go listen to any of the other stuff. Gotcha. Okay. No, that's fair. Do, how do you feel about it? Do you? I mean, is it good or have, have you ever really yeah, checked? It out? I like it. I, I it's been a while since I've gone back and listened to it, but I remember listening to it and enjoying it because it was different. And like Skiba had like. Maybe even at that point, he had like so many like weird little side projects. He had that. He had the heavens and hell. Yeah, that's right with Adam Willard, or the hell, something like that. Yeah, and they were all like you know, obviously because like Skiba's voice is so distinct and like so recognizable that it's hard to be like, oh, it's just another Alcorn Trio song. But like, you know, it it, there was just enough difference where you can kind of get the you know you kind of you know pick it out and be like, okay, this isn't trio, but it is Matt Skiba doing something else. Um, I liked it. It was just something I've kind of the, the recurring topic of this is like, it'd be something I would like to revisit, you know, after not hearing it for a while. Yeah, that's a good, cause then, well then the other thing too, is you go back and go, 
was I just being a Skiba fanboy and liking it, or is yeah. this actually legitimately good? Exactly, because that was part of the thing when it came to like, you know, listening, say, to Angels and Airwaves. You know, like when Blink split and Tom did that whole thing. Like that first record, I do like it even now. You know, all these years later, I still like it. But I remember like. I remember thinking to myself, am I forcing myself to like this because I love Blink and yeah, I love Tom? Tom or, is it, or is this actually good? Yeah. And then as I got older and I started really kind of finding myself like as an actual adult, like, I do like it, but I can fall off the ABA, you know, bandwagon whenever I felt like it. And I did yeah. when, when the Love albums came out. That's kind of like when I was done with them. That was the, the last part. one that I was really... I liked Love, the first one, and part two had a couple good songs, but, like, I really, that was the last time I really cared much. Like, they did do that, like, Dreamwalker, I don't know if it was a full album mm-hmm. or what. I listened to it once or twice, but, like, Love was the last time I really cared or, like, listened to the album front to back multiple times. Yeah, yeah. And and so, yeah, it would be interesting to revisit the trio, or not trio, but the, the Matt Skiba stuff and be like, now kind of being years removed from it being like, did I really like this? Or was I just kind of like a mark for Skiba? <laughs> well, he kind of has too. like, like, I think you just said it, but like he's kind of, and I think Dan too, really like there, there's kind of a curse of that where like you go do other projects as they both do other side projects, but it's hard not to think of them as this is an alkaline trio song yeah. just because you've heard mm-hmm. them so much that, and same with Tom, like I had trouble with angels and airwaves in the beginning. Cause I kept comparing it to blink. Cause it's like, honestly, that's naturally what you do originally. It's like, you've been listening yeah. to this guy for years is the guy from blink. So it's like, it's very hard to hear them as something else. Yeah. Like, should you be comparing them? No, but are we going to? Yeah. Yeah. You're going to naturally like, you know, unless they really somehow change their voice a lot, or like you didn't really listen to them before. It's like, yeah, it's going to be very hard not to think of that. I mean, really, I mean, it's like listening to plus 44. It's like, you listen to that Mark, same with Mark. It's like, it's hard not to be like, Oh, this is the guy who sings on half of all those blink songs. Like, and it sounds like that comparison. Yeah. And that comparison is a little bit more digestible because genre wise, it's still like in that kind of realm, punk rock, whatever. Yeah. That's age better. I, I will say, yeah. which to be fair, I shouldn't even compare them because Plus 44 had a one and done with their record, whereas Angels and Airwaves have continued. So that's probably not fair mm-hmm. to say, but I do think When Your Heart Stops Beating has aged better than most of Angels and Airwaves shit. Uh, it's possible. I, I guess it kind of depends on who you're asking and, like, you know, the kind of. Obviously, like, you don't agree. On life. No, no, it's because, like,. I've known so many people that like will never listen to Blink One Eighty Two, but they'll listen to Angels and Airways. Those people are fucking nerds. Different. Those are the, I can't. There's so many. No, <laughs> no. Like this YouTube is this is true. This is true. Anyone I've ever met who's that way are always the biggest nerds, and they have really shitty like Circus Survive is their favorite band or some shit. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> like this is I'm getting into shit talking territory. But like like they're the they're the big like I love Manchester Orchestra, like shit like that. And it's like like the people who like because here's the thing. Most people, let's be completely honest, like Angels and Airwaves, cause it's Tom from Blink. 
They got into yeah. Blink and then they got into Ava, and that's why we like it. Like, I mean, yeah, we may like the songs, but the whole reason we even originally got into it was from Blink. The people who don't like Blink but like Ava, you know what that means? It means they like synths and space and weird fucking songs about things that aren't really about anything real. They're about fucking astronauts and shit. That's what they like. Those aren't the elements that bring us to Ava. Tom is what brings us to Ava. Those yeah. fucking nerds are brought there from space and astronauts, and you can quote me on that. They fucking love Anthony Green. <laughs> or whoever was the vocalist for Circus of Survive at that time, because we all know how many vocalists they had. Oh shit, did they I don't I I don't I wouldn't know. I, I don't actually it's funny, I don't actually know the real answer to that, but I'm pretty sure they went through multiple because <laughs> that was another one of those bands that like i never really got into and they were like really starting to get big like after i graduated like high school they were yeah, i've never understood like, the hype of them of, at all i, yeah, I don't I, like I his understood, voice i understood that there was something unique about it but it wasn't my thing i i will say that you know? they are they are talented in that way where i do think they're kind of their sounds unique, and even though I don't like Anthony's Green, Anthony Green's voice, he has a unique voice. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so it's like I can't really shit on them. I don't like it, but it's like okay, oh. but only for a second. Okay, oh, if okay. it sounds fucking weird right now, it's because my hand hit the space bar, and uh, and <laughs> and we got off for a second. Now, what the fuck were we saying? Because now I'm all now I'm all jumbled from that. Oh, with, with Circus Survive, like, I mean, part of me doesn't get how big they are, but it's like, again, I can also go, they're unique. Because sometimes you look at a band and go, why the fuck is that band big? They sound like and band A, B, and C. Whereas with, whereas with Circus Survive, I go, that's pretty unique. I can't really say they sound like anyone. So it's like, you know, I give them points in that realm, but I, I've just, it's never been my thing. Okay. Yeah, it, it was it was one of those bands, like, I recall they were super unique for what they were, and, like, they had a different sound, like, as far as, like, what everyone else was kind of doing. Uh, it was a little bit more, if I recall correctly, it was a little bit more, like, spastic and kind of, you know, a little bit more noise-making of sorts. Yeah, sure. But it was, I, I really don't remember, like, it was one of those bands that, like, everyone talked about, and, like, I heard a couple songs, I'm like, yeah, cool, whatever. Just It just never was my thing, but I know a lot of people who did. Um, but you know, it's, it, you know, people were into it, you know, I can see why, but I never really saw any longevity from it as far as like, oh, this is going to be a band that's going to be around for a while. <laughs> yeah. They, uh, um, kind of going off that, or I guess, no, it's not really going off that at all. Um, with, with angels and airwaves, liking angels and airwaves, but not liking blink. Those are also like people who like think say anything were good after their like third record, like still thought they were good when Max Bemis did like weird shit, like made a like made a record with no guitar on it, like shit like that. And then those same people would think that's like genius. And those are people who would yeah. like. And I'm sorry, I know that's totally off subject of Circus. I mean, it's it's going back to Ava, but I I know that has nothing to do with Circus Circus Survive. No, but. I, I see what you're trying to get at. Yeah, you, you see what I'm uh, what I'm saying. Th those people yeah. are, uh, I don't know. 
I, don't, I have nothing <laughs> nice to say, so I won't say anything at all. I'll shut the fuck up. There you go. I'll shut the fuck up. What I was gonna <laughs> let, let's move on before I dig a fucking before all the fucking Circus Survive fans stop listening to this. Oh, trust me, I might have said that they had a bunch of vocalists and maybe they only had one, but there was some band that had a lot of vocalists, and I'm pretty sure Anthony Green was one no, of them. No, you know who I you're thinking remember. of? No, you know who you're thinking of? They're a band who I equally don't understand. Seosin. I think you're thinking of Seosin because he was the original lyricist or he was the original singer and then they had a bunch okay. of other ones because I remember I remember this because it's Skate and Surf when I went in 2014 to go see Midtown uh, reunite. They played, they did a reunion set just before I think either the early November or Midtown. And so I was waiting to see one of them, either seeing early November or Midtown and they were playing their like reunion show with Anthony Green. And there were fucking so many. Actually, to be honest, I think there were more people there than for uh, for like the other bands. I think it thinned out a little bit after. To be completely honest, people fucking loved yeah. Seosin, but yeah, they reunited with him, and I, oh, I didn't get it at all. You know, what? I think I figured out who I'm thinking of from first. And last? it's another. No, um, I think I was thinking of maybe. Uh, Dance Gavin Dance. <laughs> yeah, I think you're I've never listened to that band, but I think you're right. They have different they there's yeah, like they, one dude who was in like I think he was in that band and like Chiotos and some other Johnny Craig. Is, wait, isn't that the guy who tries selling MacBooks? Is that the MacBook yeah. guy? <laughs> no, the, okay, yeah. that's not who I'm thinking. No, actually, you know, it's funny. I think the other guy's first name is Craig. But he's oh, like this from the same scene. He's from that terrible He's the shitty bands of Warp Tour, like that side of Warp Tour, and like the bands, the bands that Epitaph started signing, where you started going, "Well, this is questionable. Like, this isn't bad. This definitely isn't bad religion. Like, this isn't like. Remember that label who used to release like Pennywise and Offspring and Bad Religion and all this really good skate punk? Now they're like fucking releasing like whatever Ronnie Radke shitting out and like from like that era." Did you just vomit? Yeah. Uh, no. I yes, yes, I did. <laughs> it is funny though because Johnny, I think is right. Yeah, he's the one. I think he's like. Yeah. He has orange hair and like whatever music he's ever written, it doesn't matter if it sounds like music from the Angels. All I know him is the MacBook guy. He's MacBook mm-hmm. guy. Yeah, it, it's MacBook and just like other weird controversies with like drugs. I think. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Because the thing was, and that's the other reason why you know the whole MacBook thing was legit. Because I think he kept getting in trouble before and after that too with shit. Where it's like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, dude, like you're not a good like you're kind of you know I don't I don't want to slur his good name, but you're kind of like do scummy shit. It seems like like more than <laughs> once. So it's like, okay, yeah you probably aren't a very good person. They're probably right. You know, it's not like a one-off yeah. thing, you know? Yeah. But there's another guy <laughs> from that era I'm thinking of, and it's not MacBook dude, but I think his first name's <laughs> Craig too, but I think he sang in a couple different bands. I don't know. That was, those were those, that is, that's that terrible side of warp tour. Those, all those fucking like double bass pedal bands with just fucking terrible screaming. It's just, I mean, I still, I've never, I really, I don't know. Actually, I don't think anyone cares because I don't live. It's not like I talk about that heavy of bands on here, but it's like, oh, I remember even when I was a teenager, I'd have friends who'd listen to 
really that heavy shit where you can't even tell what they're saying and like the double bass pedal is just going the whole fucking time like it seems like it's just never stop they're just playing like 16th notes on the fucking bass pedal and like and with the fucking font that you can't read and all i'm like is like you know what am i i don't know like maybe maybe i'm just not seeking attention the way you are i'm like there's no i truly believed then and i still kind of believe it like maybe not everyone who listens to it, but there's a lot of like, including teenagers who listen to that, who are only listening to it for the sole purpose of people going, that's di- like, how do you listen to that? Like solely to be different for, to it piss off that. people around them and to be looked at like, Oh my God, you're so extreme. Cause you li- cause yeah. I get, like, look at like, I listen, I mean, and I get it like the heavy fucking bands I listen to are like fucking Hawthorne Heights and like, you know, maybe every time I die, like I don't listen to super heavy shit, but like some of that stuff I think is okay, but you just get to a realm of, you're just listening to this, including on your shitty speaker phone to just be a fucking try hard. No, it's so it was like bands like Attila. Oh, fucking your born of Osiris. Oh God. Just these, yeah, which oh, I have a story about those guys. So fucking bad. I, I have a story about those guys in particular, but that might not be for the show. Oh, um, oh you can tell me afterwards. Yeah, yeah, maybe I'll tell you afterwards. Exclusive. No, actually, um, I don't know why I'm talking those, shit. I'm, I'm I'm wearing my suck my fuck shirt right now. Actually. <laughs> oh wow. Um, <laughs> well, it was bands like that, like kind of what you were saying, where it was just like they were doing things almost not even for the music, but just for like an image or a a t-shirt. Cause yeah, there were so many of those bands that were just doing like the, uh, watch me fuck your bitch on like a big black t-shirt and like, I remember like gold foil font. I think that's an shirt. Maybe. Or just like, you know, shirts with giant swear words on them. That was just like the big attention getting, you know, scene. Well, dude, and Attila, those bands, like Attila, oh, I couldn't yeah. name one Attila song, but right away when you say Attila, I go to suck my fuck. That just goes right in my head. Sure. I go all those shitty t-shirts that they sold that just said that, like this, the music is secondary when it comes to that. And people, and the funny thing is the people who fed them all that attention, it's like, dude, that's all they're going for with that shit. Like, don't bring it attention. Like, they're not here because they're talented and want to bring their music to the masses. They're trying to sell a t. Like, basically, a band normally hopes that, like, you know, they're selling music and you're there for the music. The music in that case is the promo to buy the merch. You know what I mean? Oh, it's yeah, like reverse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and it's funny because, like, you think about it now. You don't see you don't see those shirts anymore. You don't see anyone now, walking I, around with those shirts. Not that ever, was a flash in the pan. Like two th- after like the year 2015, I think you never saw yeah. it again. Yeah, it was literally like it was. I hate saying it, but I'm going to say it was like all those fucking tryhard kids that just needed attention, and some of them, like most of them, actually, from what I noticed, they weren't even like. They're the biggest assholes. Normally, there are certain bands where there's a correlation, and maybe I'm making assumptions, 
But the people you meet who are fans of those bands are fucking assholes. Yeah, and they were just, they were looking for just as much attention by wearing the shirt than the band was for just having those shirts. Because then, like, you see these kids walking around and it's like, you know, like, it's, you know, the evolution of, like, the crunk core kids where, like, now it's not like, that's what it was. It was, like, the evolution of crunk core because it went from, like, weird emo looking kids, you know, that like were into like some rap. And then it was just like a reminder of like, Hey, don't forget like emo and like hardcore had like its roots and like, you know, kind of aggressive style music. And all of a sudden it went from like listening to like weird crunk core bands. to like transitioning to like Amir and Attila. And like a lot of those kids trans like transitioned over. Yeah. You're like, right about They went that. from like, yeah. and it was just like, gold foil shirts with crazy, you know, sayings on it. And most of them, from what I noticed, didn't seem to be musically inclined. So it wasn't like they were out there like making this, like trying to make music and like being a band because like, oh, this band inspired me or whatever. It was just like, they had cool t-shirts. look at me, look at me. And like, I get it. I've done that before too. Maybe not with like a band shirt, but I've done that before wearing like a shirt that's like relatively attention grabbing, but nowhere near like that. Even it's funny, like uh, the band we've talked about a couple of times, very uh, small doses, that band Benson. Oh, yeah. They had a shirt. They, they had like the generic, like, state outline shirt that, like, you know, Illinois, uh, Fall Boy had like, like, Fall Out Boys for, or, yeah, Fall it? Boys for Illinois. Lovers with Illinois State. Yeah. On it. Yeah. And then, like, I think Hawthorne Heights had the Ohio is for lovers. Yeah, one. they did Ohio uh, on it. You know who had a good one? Matchbook Romance had one. I used to have it that said New York is for hustlers. And it was the New York, okay. the New York outline that had like fucking dice rolling across the state. I think I think they okay. may have had the best one. And they always had like a little catch line right underneath it. It'd be like blah 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 is for blah blah blah, and then yeah. it'd be like Illinois popcore or something. If you're Fall yeah. Boy, it's Illinois softcore. Yeah, um, that band Benson, it was like, Benson is for haters, Buffalo bitch core. <laughs> and I wore that in, like, my senior year. But, like, the, the bitch part was in such small fonts that, like, I was able to wear that around in school and, like, not really get in trouble, And which is funny to think back now. But, like, these shirts were just, like, giant, like, like, fuck. Like, <laughs> Hell yeah. Your mom will suck my dick on like a giant like font on his shirt, and I'm like, "Whoa, easy there, bucko." Okay, now now here's the only thing: is as much as shit as I'm talking, I do have to admit, and I haven't worn it in years. Though I wasn't that young when I was wearing it; I was like 21, 22 when I wore <laughs> when I wore it. But I do have. Have you ever seen the Blink One Eight Two shirt, the one with that says "Offending Mom" since 1992, and the back is just the lyrics to family reunion. Yeah. I had a shirt that was just like that. Oh, okay. So I, I own, I own two of those. I have one that's unopened and, uh, I have one that again, I've not worn it in years, but I wore it. I mean, I wore it in college. This wasn't, this wasn't even like high school. This was, this was early twenties in college. But like, I remember I went with a friend to go see lesson Jake. And on the way back home, we hit up this casino and the fucking guy at the casino made me go into the, he followed me too, to make sure I did it, made me go to the bathroom and put my shirt inside out because yep. <laughs> I couldn't be walking around. 
with it, which like, and honestly, I got compliments because even old people, old people loved it because they thought it was the George Carlin bit. They thought it was a George Carlin yeah. shirt. So you'd get old yeah. people who came up and go, oh man, George Carlin. And you get other people who loved it from Blink-182. So much so that that same night I went to the Lesson Jake show in Rochester and then about a week later, I went to go see the Taking Back Sunday and the Used Up in Rochester. And I'm just walking through there and these, and I was wearing my, oh no, no, I wasn't wearing my family reunion shirt that night. But these two chicks stopped me and they're just like, aren't you the guy who was wearing that shirt the other night? I don't even think they knew it was Blink. They're like, weren't you wearing that shirt that said shit, piss, fuck, cunt? Like just, just started going through yeah. and I'm like, yeah, that was me. <laughs> yeah, it was. I like, started getting recognized like, guess, at shows for it. Yeah. And it, I guess it's funny because, like, I guess, like, I don't know. I it's mean, a it's, conv- You know what? Here's the thing. And, and now here I'll play devil's advocate for those tryhards. It is a conversation starter because I got to tell you, oh, I have oh, yeah. wild interactions when I wore that shirt. I had some hilarious fucking interactions of people of all ages, of all genders, you got so many different and really never any bad. I never don't. I don't think I ever got like no one was going to like kick my ass or was like, I mean, I'm sure it offended people, but they never came up and said it. But it was always something funny. Like the reaction was always something good. Yeah, which and same. Like I had a shirt. It wasn't actually by Blink. It was by like a fan. And then like they like this clothing company or maybe I think I saw it like, like they sold it online, it, but it was it was like unofficial. But I I think I and remember. And it's funny because it. it's it's funny because it is a black shirt with gold foil font. And yes, I do like, remember this. The, uh, and all the uh, I think like all the vowels and like like one vowel in every swear word just had like a skull. Yep. Like in it, and I that was my shirt and. Yeah, I, I wore it, and, like, because it was, like, mildly censored, I felt like I could get away with it. But, like, yeah, like you're saying, like, I never, like, had anyone come up to me as, like, a kid at, like, the mall or something being like, hey, uh, your shirt, or, like, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I've seen plenty of people, like, wearing, like, you know. Are we hypocrites? Because the problem Maybe. is we might be we'll wear hypocrites. that shirt, but I'm with you. I instantly judge someone wearing like that shirt like I'm going to fuck your bitch. Like in a mirror yeah, shirt or whatever, like, it's like I'm here to fuck your bitch or suck my fuck. I'm like, come on. like, And I think that shit's funny on, on an ironic level, but not to the point where you're yeah. unironic. Like you're, you're unironically wearing that in public. Like there's no sense of irony. Like I just think swear words are funny. Like they're yeah, wearing that, think, truly thinking. I guess that it's cool or edgy or something. But also, oh, at least the people that I experienced, a lot of people that wore that shirt would kind of try to almost adjust their attitude to wearing that shirt or try to be like the shirt. Yeah. So they were. It's like I wear a Blink, you know, family reunion shirt, but I'm not like running around i'm not fucking anyone's mom yeah yeah no i'm i'm not like it there was people that i like at least in my relative local no i agree with you literally act like they were gonna fuck your bitch or whatever (laughs) like that was their attitude like they thought like they had the shirt and all of a sudden like the attitude clicked in it was just like i'm unstoppable i can be a badass bro you know and like they would try to like just live vicariously through the shirt and like try to be the shirt 
They thought they were as mean. They thought they were as rough and tough as the Victory Records bulldog that was on the fucking arm of the T-shirt. <laughs> the fucking Victory Records logo on the side of the T-shirt. They I, thought they were that bulldog. I have a shirt strictly with the bulldog on the front. Yeah, they thought they were that fucking dog, dude. They thought they were fucking Tony yeah. Victory. Yeah. Oh boy. But yeah, it was you know like that that scene was just like it it blew up in such a weird way. They're and, the like, worst fucking flash, people. And it was a flash in the pan. And like like I don't. I mean, maybe it's just because I'm out of the music scene and I'm not playing, and you know, I'm not really paying attention to it as much anymore. But I hear more people occasionally talk about whatever his name is, Chris, the Fran, Franz, Franziak, whatever, the lead singer of Attila. I hear more people talk about him as a person than the band. I don't even know if they're doing anything musically. Amir, haven't heard their oh, name God. since like 2014. Yeah, you ain't kidding. It's been a long yeah, time. It, yeah, so like, it was just like, the people that bought those shirts probably wear them to sleep now. At best. Um, they're probably at fucking Goodwill. I would think most of them ended up in good... I would hope they grew the fuck out of it. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, if I, if I myself, like, with the personality that I have, if I had that shirt, I would never wear it in public. I'd wear it if I was, like, sick and I was at home for a day. I don't know how you I'd know, react I'd wear- if I was walking through somewhere in public and someone was wearing, like, a free hugs tank top. Like, I don't know how I could, how I would react to that now. Like, to just see that in the wild. Like, like you just feel like you're Warped Tour fucking 2008 again. You see a shirt that says Bazinga on it, and you're like, oh, oh Jesus you did not Christ. age well. Yeah, like, the, it's just going to be like that. You're just going to start seeing those shirts and be like, oh, my God. You know what, though? Here's so, the fucked up thing. There's going to become a you time. You see a for Pedro shirt. Well, no. See, that's the thing. That shit's gonna ironically come back. Same with Bazinga, because it'll come a time just where like shirts from like the eighties or like with like eighties quotes and stuff. There were times in our lives where that was popular. Like to, anyway, yeah. you know, it was kind of tongue in cheek. Like it was kind of funny. I have like a Mister T shirt or something. Like in the early two thousands, it's good. There's gonna come a time where like hipsters and trendy like indie fucking teenagers are going to be wearing, like, Bazinga shirts and stuff. It's not going to be for a while, but it's going to happen. There's going to come oh, yeah. a time, dude, where, like, the, yeah. the just like where eventually, like, 30 years later, people were kind of ironically wearing, like, Gary Coleman shirts, like, what are you talking about, Willis shirts? They're going to do the same thing with, like, Bazinga. It's going to ha- It's just going to It's going to fucking happen. Gonna be, for our scene, it's going to be a picture of Tom's head with where are you. <laughs> oh god yeah the Underneath memes it. too memes will all the worst things about like the 2010s and like just present day will all one day just become a bloated nostalgia trip for all of us just like just you know what i and i we i think went down this route on an episode but that that thing where you laugh at like your parents for like their favorite mm-hmm. bands now are like playing shows on cruise ships or playing like yep, casinos yep, yep. But it happens to all of uh, all of your favorite bands. Yeah. Eventually, do that. There are yeah, I can't. They're, they're yeah, I can't wait to see Blink on the the, the the casino boat out here. Oh, they'll do a fucking. There will be a Blink one eighty two, Blink one eighty cruise, and it's gonna be fucking Blink one eighty two, and then like a bunch of other pop punk bands. Oh boy! Like yeah. I don't even know. Yeah, like, it's 
like 90s pop punk bands, I guess. Maybe some 41 will be on there, Newfound Glory, like fucking Good Charlotte. But even that, I don't know because, yeah. like, would they go back? I don't, I don't know who they'd pick. Would it be something like that? And it's like, like, it's not gonna. Which I guess it already has because, like, Blink already. Those dudes are closer to fifty than they are twenty. And it's like, there's gonna come a time where it's like, yeah, that's not like the music for the. Actually, it already has, and I think we've talked about that. But like, it's not music for the youth anymore. It's like there was a time where you associated with that, but it's like, you know, I mean, fucking, they're they're a lot older now. They're not like young fucking kids yeah which I, it, i'm starting to really see that now because uh, i i posted about this actually online yesterday or two days ago that i have a co-worker who has never heard of blink 182 and he's like 21 years old i gave that a sad emotion on uh, on it, facebook the little yeah, fucking emo- it, emoticon thing i gave that a sad yeah, face it, it, was it made so me sad because like Cause I've heard of, you know, kids quote unquote, or it's like, Oh yeah, I've never heard of Blink-182, but they're like, you know, young kids. They're like in their teens still, you know, like I, it makes some sense to me, you know? Can I say something about that uh, real quick? Yeah, sure. More than likely they don't know Blink by name, but I can almost 100% guarantee you they have heard Blink. Well, and that's, that's what I was about to get at with this was like the thing that really tripped me out was like, I brought them up as a joke because I was like, oh, yeah, you know, there's young kids that don't know, like, my favorite band. And, like, that's how I know I'm getting old. And I look over at the kid, and I'm like, hey, or guy, I should say, he's 21, technically. And I'm like, hey, do you know Blink-182? He goes, nope. I'm like, wow, I am getting old. How do you not? And I just, like, in passing, I'm like, how do you not know all the small things? What's my age again? Or, like, I fell in love with the girl at the rock show. And, like, he just stared at me and, like, shook his head, like, I don't. I'm like, whoa! What the fuck? And that's, yeah, and, like, the only thing I can really attribute it to, because, yeah, it's, you know, those songs are kind of, like, and this is going to be a terrible, like, you know, Uh put them in the same, it's terrible to put these artists in the same ship, but it's, like, you know, if, if I told, you know, my mom, like, which I, this is something I do know, but it'd be like, you know, hey, mom, you know, Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, what is that? You know, that's not a great analogy, but I'm just saying, like, in No, I think I get like, what you're everyone, saying. Everyone, everyone knows. Know, yeah, everyone knows that fucking song. Like, you didn't yeah, have to be I, alive in the 80s to know Bohemian Rhapsody. Yeah, exactly. I was born in, like, 88. And the only reason, I shouldn't say the only, but the main reason why I know that song at all is really because of Wayne's World. And like, granted, you know, I don't really hear all the small things or what's my age again in modern movies these days, but they're all over the radios, you know, still. Yeah, um, you still hear those songs. Like, even just walking yeah. through a store, you'll hear a blank yeah, song. Yeah, and, and the fact that like, he gave me that look and just like, no, I really don't know these songs. I'm like, wow, this is uh, this is a trip. And and like I was going to get at, the only thing I can attribute it to would be like his parents probably just listened to something else and he just never was exposed to it. And granted, you know, if he's 21, his parents are probably, I would assume probably in their early forties, maybe, you know, roughly who knows. Yeah. Which they would have been the fucking heyday. It would have yeah, been, you know, which, you you'd you have know, thought that's a good fucking point. 
Yeah, and maybe they listen to Nelly or listen to Limp Biscuit or whatever. I don't know. And maybe they just didn't play that music around the house. And especially as they got older, you know, yeah, they'll have nostalgia trips, but then they find like artists that they would rather listen to, you know, whatever that may be, you know, top 40 stuff or who knows. Yeah. And it was just an interesting trip to like really kind of find someone that that's not technically close to my age, but in their twenties at least. And like not knowing who my favorite artist is, that's relatively popular, especially back in the day. And I'm like, wow, like the, the scene or just music like has evolved to the point where like, no one's going to know really about Blink. Like there's going to be people that have no idea about Blink-182 and that's going to be a thing. And they might just be a band that will be, only old people will know them in like, you know, however many years. I'm interested to see what their legacy will be because the thing is though, what you have to, what I will say though, in their defense is bands, bands, a lot of times people forget that even bands who have like big, you know, that people think are legends or huge, like there are timeless bands still have lulls in their careers. So it's like, I'll be interested to see if blink, cause I could see it go both ways. I could see them go, like you're saying, where it's like only people of a certain age listen to them. It's old people shit. But they could become a thing where like, you know, where like the doors are still. I, well, and I don't know, maybe maybe I'm fucking old now. But it's like there seems to be times where like, you know, there's still like cool stone, you know, like stoner teens or whatever who will still get oh. into the doors and like shit like or that. The Grateful Dead. Like, yeah, the Grateful still, Dead. Like, great pumping example. out fans somehow. Yeah, like shit like that where you go, you know, maybe there was a lull. Maybe there was a time where people, you know, kind of forgot about them. But for whatever reason, later on, later generations end up, you know, they become timeless. Like, it will be interesting yeah. to, to see that because, I mean. The, the, the way I've kind of pictured it, like after he said that to me, I'm like, wow, like if they, they disappear, they disappear or they'll still have a legacy, like forever the 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 one thing I, that popped up in my head was kind of like okay everyone knows like still to this day kind of like we were talking about with grateful dead everyone knows metallica still like almost of all ages for the most part oh yeah it seems like and then there's like you know the other big four you know bands you know there was like slayer and megadeth. anthrax and megadeth yeah and like people still know those names yeah, not as much not as, as not not near as much as Metallica because they just seem to hit that mainstream a little bit more. Metallica the also like like even just t-shirts and shit. You'll see like in pop culture like huge mm-hmm. people just wearing I don't even know if they listen to Metallica, but like they just wear fucking Metallica shirts. Like you yeah. still see them everywhere. And, They're part of pop and culture. And the way I'm Yeah, and the way I kind of equal it to this, it's like Green Day. Everyone kind of yeah. knows Green Day, pretty much. And Green Day, you know, everyone's going to probably always know, like, Basket Case or, you know, Wake Me Up on September Ends or American Idiot. Like, those songs are kind of timeless now. Well, here's an example of that, um, what I was saying earlier. People, we think that now, and I think you're right, they are at this point. People will always kind of, they'll always kind of have a spot. But people may, we may not have had that same take during, like, their warning era. You know, like that's an example of oh, yeah. like bands who have legendary statuses, like 
you'll go through ups and downs where like no one gives a fuck about you for a while besides your fans. Then people love you again, you know, and that happens like green day. Now I think has had enough success where they'll always, I think they're pretty secure now, but it's like, yeah, Yeah. bands kind of have those like ups and downs. Yeah. So I see blink as almost kind of like the other big four bands, like the anthraxes and the Megadeth of like pop punk like that. Of pop punk, where like, Ooh, who else? There'll still be there? a lot of people. Like, if there was a pop punk big four, yeah, that's interesting. I've never thought of that. But like, sorry to get you sidetracked. Sorry, I know you're going. If you want, yeah. go back yeah. to what you were saying. I'm sorry, but, I realize I'm but, sidetracking you. No, but that, that's a, that's a fun that's a fun uh, debate topic. Who would be on the Mount Large for more pop punk? Should we save that and do that with like Zach? Should that be like a three of us oh. fight each oh, other? Oh boy. Oh God! That's a future blood. episode. We're not going down this because that's a future episode. I swear no, to God, but, that's going to be a future episode. Yeah. yeah, but I will say, right now in my head, even though they're my favorite band, Blink may turn into like the other part of like the other big four as far as like the speed metal bands go. Well, like, people will remember them, but not as they'll they'll probably will be less memory of Blink than there would be of Green Day. Yeah, you know what? Crazy to think, but I think you may be right about that. Yeah. And which is interesting about it now. Well, what's kind I of was interesting just say, about if we, Oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> all I was going to say is that if we did do a Mount Rushmore, I think probably the three of us would all agree, green, agree that Green Day and Blink would be at least the two of the four bands. To be honest, the debate would be on the other two because you're 100. There's yeah. no way Blink and Green Day aren't on all of ours. Like, and actually, yeah. most people have to because even if you don't like, the, even if you're a purist and you go, "Oh, I don't like," like if we're just talking terms of like success and people knowing them, you can't not have them on there. Like, you'd be yeah. so fucking dumb not to. Yeah, but I want I want to save that. I want to save that. But yes, they might be still remembered, but not as well as Green Day's legacy. And I think, yeah, I, I think you have a you have a point there, but. What I was going to say, too, is the funny thing about that is this is as Blink tries to make a commercial sound like Blink's trying to become more and more mainstream friendly as they kind of, you know, and I don't know, fade into obscurity. I mean, I don't know if that's too harsh or not, but like as they aren't, you know, as as they're no longer the biggest band as maybe they once were, it's like. You know, it it is kind of interesting to see that because they're trying to be bigger than they were. You know what I mean? Like, it's interesting to see that. Where Green Day, honestly, I, I think Green Day writes records for themselves at this point. Like, I get the feeling that Green Day doesn't give a fuck. Like, I think they want to write. I know people don't like a lot of the more recent records. And I, I think there's a couple good songs on the last few releases, but they're not my cup of tea either. But I think that's what they want to write because, to be honest the smarter thing for green day, if they want to do that would just fucking write something. That's a rehash of like American idiot or something. Like if they really wanted to make money or get a lot of like radio play, they just shit out some of their other stuff. So it's like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, even though it's maybe not the best version of green day, I truly think that's what green day wants to do right now. Yeah. But you gotta remember, they also, in my opinion, they had a lull with warning and, American idiot where they were trying to keep those fans. They were trying to keep fans. They were trying to do something marketable. 
and warning obviously didn't really be mar- it wasn't m- really marketable they had some good songs on there but they didn't fly and then american idiot came out and they, they got that resurgence but it was very much on the wings of like you know you know the political landscape at the time but also like they were they they put something out that i feel like they knew they were gonna fucking bank on and you think, think they knew was, they were gonna get big on american idiot I think so. Like, I could be totally wrong, but it feels really? See, I don't opinion. agree with that. Like, and that's great. Again, also, I stopped listening to Green Day once American Idiot came out. Like, I heard that, and I thought it was a trash album, um, which is a very controversial opinion, I know. Um, but no, it just I think seemed a lot like, of people... It seemed like a cash grab. And, like, Blink, right now, I don't think they've... I think they've, like, kind of passed their cash grab days. I think they're kind of in that, like what you said for Green Day, that they're just kind of writing music for themselves. And I think Blink's kind of doing that. They're just kind of writing whatever because they're not really appealing to the pop punk community like everyone wants them to. Like, I think they're just kind of writing music that just happens to sound commercial. See, you you do think that's like, you think that's what like Mark and Travis and them want to write like. Like, you think that's natural, like that's what they want Blink to sound like. Yeah, I think I think they know that the legacy of Blink is pretty much set in stone as far as like what their what their big song. They're not they're never going to have a song bigger than what they've already had. And I think I would assume they probably know that. And I think they're just trying to just write songs that they want to write. You know, write have different sounds and do things that are weird and you know mildly commercial and poppy. And I think they're just kind of at that point where they just kind of want to do what they want. And it just happens to sound like something that most people don't. That's very interesting to me because I think it's the opposite. Where I I got the feeling that yeah. they that they like that Mark didn't like. I kind of get the vibe where I thought that was part of the difference between Mark and Tom. Where I feel like Tom looked at them more of a legacy band, and I feel like Mark wanted to maybe. Actually, I don't know if that's entirely true in the sense of that. I think he wanted to rely on the legacy in a way. But I also think that he was still trying to write songs that were radio friendly that would be as big as those old ones. Like, you know, like relying on the legacy of the old shit, but still trying to write songs as big as that, you know, which, again, I mean, it's both of our opinions. It's, it's whatever. No yeah, one's really right or yeah. wrong. Um, obviously, I'm right. But, <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, uh, um. Sorry, I like lost my train of thought there for a second. But like, yeah, I don't know. I just kind of get the vibe that it's the, because I I feel like it would be more of I would get the vibe where if they just wrote a fucking punk record that was just really had they had they just written like say California, the rest of it sounded more like the first three songs. Which, and to be honest, those songs have a lot of those elements. Where I mean, I think Bored to Death is one where I think they were trying to very much. Right, that's why I think there's why it sounds like the beginning of feeling this. Why it has the classic blink chord progression in the uh, in the um, uh, chorus. I mean, even the guitar has a very kind of you know, it's not Tom, but it's a Tom like lead in my opinion. Which I, you know what? Let me let me ask you this: when when Mart or when Matt uh, joined Blink, I remember him saying he has a different style than Tom. And I really mm-hmm. don't know that I agree with that. I thought they had fairly similar styles. Like, what 
do you think they have similar styles or do you think they were different? I kind I I didn't think they were that different. I I kind of disagreed with him with that. I thought it was so, similar. No, so like I can I personally can easily see where Steve is coming from because you know, yes, both of their genres are rooted in punk rock and punk rock is relatively simple music, relatively fast music. And, you know, there's really there's not a whole lot of ultra uniqueness in the genre, especially at the times that they were out and like big, you know, for their worlds. But like Skiba's like, if you, I mean, I'm sure you've probably recently have probably gotten your fair share of uh, alkaline trio in you. Oh um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so many of Matt's songs rely on like just three chords. And when he like, like, the way Matt plays, like, it's always like either riff, 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 like, you know, power chords, or it's like, like power chord, power chord to octave riffs, where, where, uh, Tom was very much like power chords and like lead, like, and like octaves. They don't really kind of bounce back and forth from one another. It's not like power chord, octave riff power chord octave riff for like a verse where Skiba definitely does that where he'll throw octave riffs in his verses randomly where Tom will normally either stick to one or the other, not really putting, you know, those two, unless it's like a layered guitar on like a, in the studio. But normally it's just, if he's hitting power chords specifically, it's, it's just power chords. Yeah. Or fair enough. And and then also like they're I mean it's kind of apples and oranges for some people but like their their strumming and picking patterns are way different like Tom still like like utilized a lot of like for for like the early stuff utilized a lot of downstroking and yeah he would you know he would flip go to the normal like up and down you know strumming pattern. But like Matt, it always seemed like he was almost always in an up and down pattern, which sounds completely different. If you play the same riff with just downstrokes that you would with a normal picking style, it, there's a different bite to the riff. And Tom was very much more like punk rock in like the downstrokey stuff, where I felt like Matt was, in my opinion, more mildly exper- not experimental, but kind of like he would stick to just like, you know, power chords, octave riffs, but like an up and down pattern, not a lot of downstroking. I think, I think Tom relies on uh definitely including back in the day, downstroking to a fault where like, I think he almost fell into, and I know this from friends who like, I've, I've always alternated on guitar and I'll downstroke, but I've all like in the beginning, I learned to alternate because I have friends who taught themselves to downstroke in the beginning and they could never, they would fuck up alternating. Like as funny as that sounds, they couldn't alternate anymore. Like it was all downstrokes. And I almost feel like Tom is one of those guys where I think he did. Cause in the beginning you do, you want to be the fast punk. I think a lot of it starts with that. You want to be the fast punk rock guy and you want to play all fast downstrokes and, you know, maybe yeah, muted and shit. But then if that's you, how I was. 
Now, but now let me ask you, did it, did that fuck you up with alternating? Did you ever have trouble when it came to alternating? Because I know a lot of people who it fucks them up with that. And I think, I think it hurts it because there's Tom DeLong riffs where really it would probably sound better if he alternated more and he doesn't, he only really downstrokes. Yeah. I, I will say even to this day, like, you know, I was playing guitar before this, just playing like basic stuff. And like every once in a while, I catch myself like fucking up a basic pick, like riff pattern on like a, on a, basic you know strumming pattern and then i'll like downstroke it and like i nearly hit it flawlessly and it's almost embarrassing because like you would think like just going up and down should just be easier but sometimes it fucks me up and it's weird to say that and most of the songs that my bands have written are in just like a normal strumming pattern which is fine and i played those songs enough where like repetition can just make it sound fine but there's definite times where like, I'm like, screw this. I'm just going to play the whole set downstroke. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, and, and it hurts. It fucking hurts <laughs> to do that. Just and I did it and I it? loved it. Yeah. And I loved it, but it definitely, A, it sounds different. It feels different. Oh, there's and, a total different vibe. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like if, imagine listening to like certain ska riffs that weren't upstrokes. And they were like, that's a good, that's a good example. It fucking changes. It, it changes the whole thing. Yeah, <laughs> it really does. Like I, it really has a huge impact on it. Yeah. Play yeah, some riff, just, dude. Uh, <laughs> e. <laughs> no, I'll play Eminem's oh, right now. Oh God. <laughs> you didn't ask that. <laughs> oh shit! You know, you know what? I don't. I don't know if this is a compliment or not to Tom, but that, that actually, for you just doing that as a joke, that wasn't that far off. <laughs> I think you had. I think you were seventy percent there. I mean, I used to know how to play it. It's just been a long time, so I was just like, I think it's here, right? <laughs> he. You know what I like about that riff? To give him some credit, it's really. I can't remember how to play it. I. I learned it at some point. And there's not a lot to it. It's just a lot of pull-offs, but he makes it sound more complicated than it is. Like, it's a mm-hmm. pretty simple, like, riff to play, but it sounds like he's doing more than he is. Yeah. It's a good fucking yeah. song. Well, as oh, we, yeah. uh, I don't know. I mean, we've been, we've been at this a while. I mean, we, uh, if we got other topics, we can get into them, though. But one I was going to talk about, and you alluded to it to a second, but I think we can get into it a little because I got to say last uh, – yeah, I guess it will be last night as we're recording this. I guess not when uh, people are listening to the podcast. But uh, I played I Want to Be a Warhol on the radio show this week. And I did say – we hadn't recorded it yet, but I did say that uh, sometime in the future, me, you, and Zach doing a, a Top 5 Alkaline Trio songs. So, I mean, by no means are we giving away our Top 5 now. We're not talking about that. But how is your quest – for getting your top five going because for me it's been pretty fucking difficult this is actually i think a little bit more difficult than the blink one what, <laughs> no a lot more I, difficult i would say I, so like i got i got my first three like pretty much dialed in what whoa 
<laughs> oh man, you do not drink the bong water. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. No, Jesus. You shouldn't though. So, well, no, that is that is a good PSA. Actually, that's a good PSA for kids. Never drink bong water. Um, <laughs> a, I mean, who knows how many lives we just say, or not even say, oh, but like how many oh, just sour faces that weren't made because of your PSA. No, I just had but, to mute my mic because, yeah, I just was fucking choking. My dumbass decided I really try not to drink water during this because I know it makes noises, and it really does when it goes down the wrong pipe. <laughs> and I cough while you're right. trying to make a point. So I'm sorry for rudely yeah. choking to death while you were trying to talk. <laughs> <laughs> uh no um but yeah no like i got my top three dialed in pretty well but i am having a horrendous time trying to get my last two on this list and like i keep floating between like six songs that i'm just like yep this is it oh nope this one's it oh but this one's it too <laughs> and like i might have to like with the blink one like it came together relatively easily, but there were just a lot of songs that I'm like, man, I love this song, man. I love this song, but a lot of honorable the mentions. Part, yeah. I have, I, I don't think I have as many honorable mentions, but just rounding out a top five was probably tougher where at least with this top five, it's more, at least the three are like top three for sure. We're like my blink one. I can probably give you a different list tomorrow but it would be for like different reasons on like why i'm feeling like this is my favorite playing song right now or at least with trio i know i have three for sure yeah i well i kind of agree with you in that sense at first when you said it was easy i disagreed but in the sense that maybe my top two like like right away my couple favorites like that i know 100 percent like came to mind but overall, like right now, I'm at like a top 10 and it's really fucking hard to cut out five of them because I yeah. go because then it's also hard because the other thing that I don't I don't know if you do this, but sometimes I'll take a song and yes, it's a good song, but maybe I think it's a really good album opener or album closer and I'll give it more credit than I will another song just because of its placement. It kind of you know what, to yeah, be honest, yeah. it's the opposite of of when a song is in a bad place where like. Like how I hate Enjoy Your Day. There's songs where I really like Fine because Fine is like at the end of the album. So I go like, I really like that song, but I also really like it because it's an album closer. So sometimes I go, am I giving this song too much credit because of, you know, its placement? And uh, I, I have been I have been doing that. And yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble. I got to whittle down like uh, probably at least five more songs. But I'm also, I'm trying to be diverse with my list because i try not to have them all i don't want too many songs on one album which but you know what though then it then and i feel like that's dishonorable too because if those are truly your favorite songs you know what i mean but it's like i don't know that that's really it's not you know what i mean because like like from here to infirmary is my favorite alkaline trio album but i don't but i'd be an asshole if i said if all top five were from that, because they have great songs before and after that that are much better. You know what I mean? Like, even though it's my favorite album, that doesn't mean I think every song on that is better than albums off other, you know, songs off other albums. Yeah. And I I think I brought that up in like the initial text message thread about it. Where like, 
I don't want to make a top five from here to infirmary because I can easily do that. That's what I would do too. And, That's what both of our yeah. lists would be. Yeah. Um, so I, I did not research really. That's a bad way to say it, but I just, you know, I put, I just listened to a lot of trio and I made sure to not just listen to albums straight through. Cause I didn't want to have kind of like what your problem is of like, Oh, great album opener. Great, you know, closer or whatever. Yeah. I just put everything on shuffle and just let it ride out. That's a good then, idea. Like, and cause then I just kind of forget like where the song placement is. Cause now I'm just listening to the songs at random. So maybe the song standalone, well, a song standalone maybe isn't as good by itself, but it's a great way to start a record. But That's if it's just like in the point. middle of a mix, yeah, you know, that, so, that's a great fucking point, honestly, because you're right. There is no standing on, wow, this is how it opens or closes or something like that, because it, putting it on shuffle a lot of times doesn't sequence well. So those songs no. don't go into each other very well, so they got to stand by themselves. So that's a really, that's a great way to do it. You know what? I'm going to have to rip you off, and I think I'm going to have to listen. <laughs> I, I'm then going to have to put them on shuffle and listen to them and do it that way and kind of reevaluate some shit, because that's a really... Fucking kudos to you. That's a good idea. <laughs> and it's funny because I was actually having an inter- and this this will actually come back to a story I mentioned. Um, I was having an internal debate about one particular song, putting it on the list, mainly just because I have such an interesting story with it that it's almost hard for me to t- keep it off my list, but I might. But the reason why I might. I might be coming back around to a story is because that song had a big reason for why I had a story about that born of Osiris band. <laughs> oh, damn. Yeah. So like I could almost, if I wanted to, I can put it in my top five and add that story to the episode. Like, you know, that we'll do eventually yeah. or I leave it off. And, you know, I can tell you the story when we're all said and done on this. So I'm kind of having a bit of an internal debate because. Well, actually, you could still tell it on that episode, even if you don't, because if it's an interesting story, you could still bring it up with honorable mentions. Yeah, I might. It's because it's I'll say, man, you know what? Don't give your shit away, dude. Don't give too much away. No, because here's the thing. It's it's a good song, but I think it's the reason why I like it is because of the story and how ridiculous it is. And the only other thing about the song is that like, I've now I've never applied them to anything, but I've written a lot of guitar riffs based off of this one riff by that song. So I'll just tell you it now because I'm going to leave it off because I think it's more of the story of the, about the song than it is like the song itself. What is it? And it's kind of, and it's kind of a hit, and people like it. It's whatever. It's radio. That's what I thought it was going to be. Because when you said guitar, when you said guitar like line or guitar riff, like that's I feel like one of his most memorable or like most that's like one of his calling cards. I would say for like most mm-hmm. memorable uh, riffs. Yeah, and I've written so many things based off of just that, like you know that that open D note, that open D string. And then just playing on the uh, G. Yeah. Yeah. G. yeah. Wow. I can't believe I had to think about that for a second. Um, <laughs> but yeah. So like I, I have so many riffs that 
started with radio, but that story, I'll just say it real quick without all the detail, but I, we were at a friend's house many, many ages ago for their birthday. And the band born of Osiris at the time, they were called something else cause they were very young and they weren't big by any means. They show up at the house and we got like kind of like hardcore kids and then like pop punk kids blending and we didn't really mesh well. And they were, they as a band were saying some really bad shit to a friend of mine about kind of what they're going to do to his girlfriend after he left. What fucking assholes. Yeah. Not even kidding. And so like I'm sitting there playing radio for this girl, you know, trying to win her over. Cause I thought she was amazing a fight breaks out. Someone's face gets kicked in, like stomped in. Oh shit. And then there was a knife that got, you know, like, like taken out and kind of calmed everything down. And then we went our separate ways. But (laughs) when the band born of Osiris, like became a thing. And I was like, wait a minute, all of those names, is that, is that, are those the guys from this band like <laughs> a few years back? And like, yeah. And that's their drummer. Same guy. I'm like, no shit. Oh fuck. <laughs> yeah. And I remember playing guitar for the girl playing radio, just trying to get it right. And like serenader kind of, and the guy comes up with his hand covering his face, like collecting the pool of blood and oh, starts God. talking to her, kind of hitting on her and a drop of blood falls on my arm. I'm like, are you kidding oh. me, dude? <laughs> and he, like, comes around and, like, wipes it off and, like, grabs some soap and, like, cleans my arm off. I'm like, dude, this is I, we got to go. This is ridiculous. <laughs> I, uh, yeah. I got to be honest. There's nothing sweeter than trying to serenade a girl with a song that's opening line is shaking like a dog shouldn't razor blades. Oh, I, I wasn't singing it. I knew oh, okay. if I sang it, you know, I was just trying to. It gets a lot less romantic when you sing, when you sing the yeah. lines, I wish you'd take my radio to bathe yep. with you. Fucking, I, yep, no. I wish you'd take a plugged in a fucking electrical appliance in the bath with you. Now that song yeah. is a testament. This is why I think it's bullshit. Why all those lyrics are so weak on the, on new blink shit. He's such a good lyricist there. Do you know how easy it would be for that song to be cheesy? Like, honestly, that song, oh. by all accounts, should be cheesy as shit. Those lyrics should not work. Yet they are so, they're amazing. He conveys them. Like, they just, they really, I mean, it's there's a reason that's one of their biggest songs. Like, there's a mm-hmm. reason it's so beloved. And it deserves to be, like, one of their biggest songs. And it's like, but if you have someone else doing it, and I've heard other people, I'm not even the first one saying this, because another one is uh is madam me it's like it'd be so easy mm. to not to make that song be cheesy with like the knee deep and shit and like that those like lines like you could so easily just have that sound so bad but it's like not mm, with skiba yeah. he conveys it so well that it's like holy shit this song's amazing yeah yeah it's so with that like like it'll be interesting to see like what everyone's top five would be. And I would actually like to at least, and I think I said in the text messages, like we can, we can send each other the list beforehand, but maybe just put the songs out of order just in case if we, I feel like we're going to have similars. I could be totally wrong, but I feel like between you, me and Zach, we're going to have a couple copies. 
You know what I think, to be honest? I think me and you are going to have copies. I think his is going to be different because, honestly, Zach, I think, is more later era Alkaline Trio. Like, his favorite album is, like, Good Morning. So it's like I see him being – I see me and you – now, this is just assumptions here. But I I think me and you are going to be more heavy on the first, like, four records. He's going to be more – me and you are going to be more heavy – pre good morning he's going to be more heavy good morning and on that's how i see it being i could be 100 percent wrong but that's what i see i see me and you having more overlaps yeah maybe yeah that's my It'll be interesting to see for sure it'll be interesting to see for sure it will it will be. i think it'll be a fun episode we're going to do that sometime uh soon and now we have to because we look like assholes if uh you know if we don't <laughs> we look like some real assholes I don't know, man. I mean, do we have the, the, I mean, this has been fun. It, it, it's really, this is what I like. Me and you can just kind of go down. I don't even know where we started. Something about my space. Yep. And, uh, you know what? I do want to say this and it comes, it comes back around to that. And, uh, you know, I mean, if you have anything else you want to talk about, I'm not uh, trying to silence your ass, but, uh, something I did write down that I didn't get to talk about earlier. You brought it, <clears throat> you brought it up, but, uh, you know, the difference about why music was so much better discovering it, I feel like on MySpace, you went to MySpace and discovered bands. By the time you got to Twitter, you went to Twitter and talked about bands that you already found. You know what I mean? I don't feel like I discovered bands on Twitter. I went to, on Twitter to talk no. about bands. MySpace, yeah. I discovered music. For the exception yeah. of like, like I'd have people, I'd have people who will send me things like I always say it, like funny enough, like JT, the singer of uh, Hawthorne Heights, like way back in the day, like on Twitter, he would constantly send me shit to listen to. He'd be like, you got to go. He got me into so many bands and like, but that also came from like hitting him up and being like, dude, when I go to this city, what record store should I go to? So it's like in that, in that way, yes, I learned from, I learned that, but it's like, that doesn't even count. Cause it's not, you know what I mean? Like he also told me those bands when I saw him in person or like. You know, there'd be other ways of telling me that. Whereas MySpace, you would go on there and you'd fucking discover music. Like you'd find a band and shit. You really don't. Because now if you discovered a band on, say, face, like, say, Facebook, you probably have to go listen to them somewhere else. You might see like a picture of them in their page, but you're going to mm-hmm. have to go to YouTube or Bandcamp or Spotify or something to actually hear them. And then yeah. I lose interest. If I have to click a fucking link tree on your social media and then go through a whole thing and then open the fuck like it shouldn't take 10 minutes to listen to your song it's fucking bullshit yeah i uh it's funny like the part of the reason why i even jumped on twitter um was to a follow mark hoppus that's the whole reason I, well, it's well, literally no, not, the no, reason just, i started that's a that's a <laughs> because i i heard mark hoppus was on twitter and he was posting a lot of funny just you know, statements. I'm like, Oh, this is great. I got to be on Twitter. Um, but also, yeah, like you said, like to talk about music and just like, you know, stuff like that. So like alongside of posting funny stuff, like trying to be like Mark, I wanted to talk about bands and like talk about the bands that I liked to the point where very early, like within, within a year of being on Twitter, like just for fun views, I, uh, I, I, uh, I did, Back when, what was it, 120 characters, 140 yeah. characters? Even. I think yeah, I did, I did a whole, I did two of these. The two full album reviews on Newfound Glory's uh, Not Without a Fight. 
Nice. Good album. And I did a band called Farewell, uh, an album called Run It Up the Flagpole. I've never heard that. And I did. It's funny. They were actually both on Epitaph. Um, But I would do full album reviews with the song title, what track number it was, and then whatever else I can fill out, the characters, all on Twitter. Jesus. And and it was only just one tweet per song. So it wasn't like part one of three tweets on one song. And I was like, this is going to be it. This is like, this is what I'm going to do. And to the point where, oddly enough, those both those bands were on Epitaph. I got a DM from Epitaph saying like, hey, would you want to review like this, this, and this album? Oh, fuck. And, and I didn't reply because they were not bands I listened to. <laughs> I like, not, dude. I like, the, dude. That is not Joser shit. That is fucking cred. I give you respect dude. for that. You knew it wouldn't. So you wouldn't wild. be fair. It wouldn't be fucking fair. It actually would almost kind of be fair because at least I'm not biased. Well, no, not if you knew but, you didn't yeah. like them though. Because you have yeah, to. But yeah, if, there's some degree when you do that. Like, yes, you could give it a bad review, but they're sending you shit. Are you really gonna like? tear the band a new asshole or be completely honest if you absolutely hate it. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to be a little hesitant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I just thought it was like the wildest thing that like, because of like my little like, I'm going to do this on Twitter and it's going to be fun. Almost potentially turned into maybe a thing like by now, like, oh yeah, Kyle Trevino, he's whatever doing, you know, this on Epitaph Records, he's a, a talent scout or something. Like, who knows what could have been? But yeah, that's one of my favorite little stories about like bands, social media, and just how like things kind of happen because I wanted to talk about music. Twitter um, was like a, fun. A, uh, Twitter used to yeah. be fun for that kind of shit. It's kind of fallen off yeah. in more recent years. Like, I don't really use it like I once did, but there was a time where, again, you didn't really discover music on it. But you'd go on there and like like talk about drive through records with a bunch of people, like things like that. Where yeah. like you just go find people who like the same kind of like early two thousands pop punk and just make friends. I mean, I made, I've made so many friends through Twitter, like not just you and even just in Illinois, like I've made so many friends just even in yeah. Illinois through Twitter and like other places too, where it's just like, it's insane, but that's what it would be. It'd just be like-minded people. I don't even know how we found each other. Me and Zach met on Twitter too. And I don't even, it's been so fucking long now. I mean, you're talking like 2013, like eight years ago. It's like, I don't recall how we ever, like, I don't, I don't know. We found each other through retweets or like through yeah, follow I mean, Fridays, maybe like, I don't know. Yeah. Right. Cause like the only thing, the only thing I really remember is that I think we had a mutual follow with, uh, like, uh, the boy in his machine or like the, the drummer, Ryan, um, that sounds right. And, and then I remember when you changed your handle to the whole, like <laughs> what it is now, the whole, whatever. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and like, I remember sitting there seeing that I'm like, this dude's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Like you just put all the things that just like happened into like one Twitter handle <laughs> And it it was like it, it, when I saw him, like this guy's such a dick. It's fucking funny, and I love it. <laughs> See, that's what I mean. It's so funny because Twitter's kind of became 
a thing where like journalists use it and it's like, you know what I mean? It's become a thing. This goes back to everyone getting on the internet. Like it was like in the beginning of Twitter was just for you to talk about two things, dick jokes and pop punk. Like that's all you did. Like you get on there, tell terrible dick jokes and just talk about like drive through records. Like that's all you just alternate. I mean, one or the other, like that's all it was. So it's always like, like I'm always that way with social media where sometimes I go, I think people take it too seriously. Cause I'm like, I rooted in finding music on MySpace and going on Twitter and talking about music and making dick jokes. I'm like, it's like the mm-hmm. farthest from the serious thing. Like I've never thought of it as a thing to go put like my true, I guess, feelings or like anything really big on. Cause I'm just like, I feel like it was just made for just being a shithead, but maybe that's just yeah. me. I mean, like the internet gave everyone a voice, whether we wanted to or not. Which people did and, say that in the beginning with Twitter, where it's like this could yeah. be bad, and they're oh, right. Oh yeah, and like yeah, exactly. Like the internet just exploded. Social media gave everyone an outlet and then everyone an opinion and everyone a space to argue. But like at first, like when I was experiencing it, like MySpace was just about like listening to music and. It, like chatting with your friends. Twitter was making jokes and talking about music. Like my follow list was so like on that like path. So I I was kind of like distant from like political posts because they weren't really a thing yet. Or like journalists that would, or like TMZ, like happily I was not seeing that stuff because that's not what I wanted to see. But as it started coming up, it was just like, you'd see a million retweets on this thing or like a sponsored ad or like yeah. a stupid clickbait link of like top eight reasons why you're not getting laid or something. You know, it was yeah. just like, stupid that was links. the beginning of the like, end with that shit. I, I do remember yeah, that shit started popping up. Yeah. And it was just like, Oh man, like this isn't what I like. Obviously this isn't what I signed up for. And like, obviously I can't get what I want. That's, you know, that's not how the internet works. Um, but like, there was a time where like our, our, our social circles were very uh, tight with what we wanted to be involved with. And we didn't really have a lot of outside interference when it came to like other types of profiles or different types of accounts that, you know, posted different things. Like now yeah. it's just like, it's oversaturated with you just see everything from everyone and it's kind of it's kind of like it's too much like you said it took the it, it took the fun away from it yeah really it really did and the other thing too is just there's too much to post on because again what i what i was kind of i kind of talked about for a second but was going to go down more of that road i won't go too far because we'll start closing this up but like part of why i liked when i was saying the instant messaging in myspace days was it was exactly that. It wasn't YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok, and all this bullshit. It was all basically like one or two th- Like personally talk to people on AIM and then just fucking mm-hmm. talk to people on MySpace. I mean, you could send messages on there too, but like that was it. There wasn't five different social medias. You had one fucking oh. place. It was all in one yeah. place. Yeah, and even like now it's like sometimes like it doesn't happen often anymore thank god but like sometimes i'll be in like a text message conversation with someone and then they'll just like you know they'll send me like a snap you know of some
something and they'll send it to everyone, but it's not like on their story or whatever. And then like, I'll respond to it. I'm like, ha 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 ha. And then all of a sudden I'm having two separate, like completely different separate conversations with the same person on two different platforms. And oh, I hate that it, shit. It, it's so weird. It's like, I can be arguing with them in one and then like making jokes, but like having to change my mood depending on like what message I see from which account. It's like, haha, this is super funny, blah, 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 fart, poop, uh, whatever. And then, like, that dude is a fucking asshole. Don't trust him, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, farts, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, it's so weird. And, like, it even happened on, like, Tinder where someone messaged me being like, hey, message me, like, swipe right on me so we can talk on Tinder. I'm like, we already talk on Snapchat. Like, what's up? They're like, oh, I just want to talk to you there, too. I'm like, no. <laughs> No, no, now I'm 100% with you with this and it annoys me even more if you have that person's number. Like if you know that person's number and it's just text worthy, I don't and like like every now and then like I get it. Like like I'm I'm sure I've done it with you where maybe we're texting and then maybe I'll read something I replied to you on something. Like that shit might happen, but like I have people who will like text you one minute, then send you a fucking Facebook message a couple hours later, then share something with you on Instagram. And it's like, dude, like this is, it's too much. Like, and you like, just text me. If it's that important, text it to me. And if it's not important enough to text me, just don't fucking send it to me. I don't like this fucking going, going through all these fucking things to find it all. Like just message on one thing. That's it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's I'm an old fucking man. There, yeah, there's it is, a whole, it is lot, a whole lot of nothing, nothing happening on social media. Oh, that that's extremely true. I don't honestly this doing the radio show was what made me basically do anything but Twitter. Like when I started doing the radio show in 2016, I started using like Instagram and Facebook mostly really mostly to promote that. And I mean really in the beginning to friends and family. Cause that was even before I had like power cord hour social media, but just even doing social media that wasn't Twitter. I really only started doing mo. I mean, I started doing other things too, but the whole reason I would start using like my Facebook account and shit was to be like, Hey, listen to me Friday nights and stuff. Like I never used it before that. Like a lot mm-hmm. of reason I use social media is because you kind of have to, cause really I'm, I'm like that. We're really, if I had my way, it would all be on just Instagram. Like I wouldn't have to worry about Twitter or Facebook or any of that, but, but I do, you know, at, at power Court hour on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram and YouTube and all those places. That's not a, that's not a shameless plug. Well, it is, but, no, um, no, it's, not. <laughs> <laughs> it's full of, it's full of pride. That was a prideful plug. There you go. You hear about shameful plugs. No one talks about prideful plugs. I say this with pride, yeah. go fucking follow us. But like, I have fun doing Instagram for the most part, but like, I mean, I I have fun talking to people on social media, but I'm very much like, I wish everyone was just on one, like everyone Mm -hmm. was just on one fucking page and I just communicate there. Cause again, I don't, I get anxiety with that. And I look at my phone, you have all these different like badge things on all the different apps. I don't like that. I'm like, I would like, I just, it feels overwhelming. And you're like, I have too many. I'd rather it was all in just one fucking place. Dude, even like back in the day when it was MySpace, like there was people that had like live journals and like Zengas, but like everyone had a MySpace. I, neither did I, but like I knew plenty of people that did. No, you're right. But they 
but they always had the MySpace. Like MySpace was always like, if it wasn't MySpace, it was AIM. Those were the be- two best ways to keep in contact with someone. And like Live Journal and like Zango were more like posting like personal stories and like blogs and stuff. But like social media turned into just like like the ultra like like popularity contest to like now it's just like everyone needs to know what my opinion is and if they don't care they're wrong type thing like like there's too many arguments happening on social media nowadays or like back in the it's day the biggest it was fucking like, waste of time i don't understand dude, like that in, at all yeah like back in the day like yeah there would be arguments on like myspace or whatever but like it, the, there was way less people like you didn't see it as argue often. about it you didn't, yeah, I don't was, feel like you saw it as often. I, I really no. don't think you saw it like you do now. Yeah, especially even on like band pages. Like I remember scrolling on like a band like you know MySpace comments because they were like right there, and it would just be like, "Come to Chile, come to Brazil." Uh, hey, saw you on tour. I saw your show last night. Cool. You never saw someone on there just like like intentionally bashing them. Yeah, you know it was. You know, you never really saw that. No, it was, it was all pretty like positive. Everyone that was there, yeah, everyone was there to like, like enjoy it. And if you didn't, you just didn't go on the page unless you were really trying to seek attention. But back then, that wasn't the case. You just saw everyone loving that artist or whoever, and it was a bunch of it was a lot of love. And now it's just like nasty. <laughs> yeah, I just have no like, like even that. There's no part of me like even if I disagree with something on social media. I have no desire to like start a fight in comments. Like again, I may see something that I disagree with, but I just kind of keep mm-hmm. moving on. I just go like, okay, yeah. like I don't get, I just don't get the, cause I'll, I, that would bum me out. If I sat there, that would just be negative all day. I would feel bad all day. Yeah. If all I did was fucking fight with people. And I know people like people who in real life are great. And I like hanging out with, but I got friends who like, they just pop up in, on like different social media things, and it's just like, oh, so and so keeps replying to comments and something. You look, and it's like they're just fucking fighting with people, random people, a lot of times in yeah. like news articles. And I'm just like, but they do it to a point where it has, it's like a hobby. It's not like once or yeah. twice. It's a daily occurrence. I'm just like, I mean, isn't there a better hobby or something that like? I mean, that shit's not good for you either. It's like, is that really no. healthy to be mad all the fucking time? Like, God damn. That's why I like, I like, I like going. I think people think I'm ignoring them sometimes when I just go in the fucking woods and have no reception and just don't give a fuck about, about whatever's going on in the world. It doesn't matter. I'm in the middle. Of, I'm in yeah. the middle of the woods. It doesn't matter. Oh yeah, man. Hell like, yeah, brother. You know, but, uh, I don't know. Do you, do you have anything else as we, as we close this up or should we, uh, Fucking say sayonara. We, uh, I mean, I, I mean, technically, we can really keep talking about everything, but that that that'll be for another episode. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I mean, we're 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 about to hit hour three here. So oh we, boy, yeah, we uh, we definitely will uh, fucking close up. But I I think this was a good, and you'll definitely hear this duo again next time you hear this duo. It's gonna be a fucking trio talking about. <gasps> The trio. Hey, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That was good.